Hello and welcome to episode number 45 of The Third Power. This is Anthony Avatolo, one of your co-hosts. And as always, I'm here with my exuberant co-host, Usman Jamil. <laughs> I am exuberant, apparently. Yes! <laughs> that is a much more exuberant opening than usual. And uh, we're back, episode number 45, and we're here to talk about our uh, next color in our Wooberg cycle, blue. Uh, we talked about white last time, so we're moving on to blue. Uh, we have some uh, other small things to talk about, too. We have some listener topics uh, that people would like us to talk about, but mainly we're going to be talking about blue. Not the dog, not the annoying song. Oh, yeah, that terrible song. Merely the color that when you first start playing Magic, you have no idea why the letter U is used to represent it. That's true, yeah. Like, so did you um, did you get the reference? Like I, I named the title. It's probably yes, that's that song, right? No, no, it's oh. a it's a video game. It's a video game reference. Oh, it's, all I see is blue, blue. Yeah, that's that's it. Blue, blue, and there's ellipses between them. I don't know. It's the okay. I'm gonna, I'll narrow it down. It's for Super Nintendo. And it's an RPG. Okay, the only Super Nintendo RPG game I've ever played was Chrono Trigger. No. <laughs> it's not that one. So that's that's all you got. I was a Genesis guy. I I, uh, I was a okay. Genesis Sega CD person. Uh, my older sister had a Super Nintendo, which I inherited and, and there, thereby inherited, you know, Chrono Trigger and, and all that kind of stuff. But One of these days I need to pick your brain about, like, Genesis games, like what to recommend. Oh, like, yeah, I've got a bunch of them. I had, like, I think it was years ago when I tried getting into it, but it's a lot easier to do it. It's, like, when you're a kid and you're playing it, you know which games are better, but when, like, you're looking at a list of games, like, you know some, but a lot of it's just like, oh, here's, I mean, it's a list way for every system, but it's like, oh, unplayable game, unplayable game, unplayable game. Oh, no, there's a, there's a bunch of really solid ones, and, and that list certainly increases if you have a Sega CD. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, but, yeah, there are certainly a number of ones. I'll give you a hint. Altered Beast, not one of them. Not surprised. That game seemed, uh, yeah. Rise from your grave. <laughs> I'm a big fan of using that reference, though, with, like, Reanimator. Right. And Reanimation Rise. Oh, every time I cast it in, like, uh, Limited, and uh, it was a Rise from the Grave or whatever. Oh, yeah, Rise from the Grave, yeah. Yeah, I did that every single time. Rise from your And most of the time, like, the, the 18-year-old across the table is like, what? Yeah. And Why are you like, talking funny, old man? Yeah, and it's like, damn it. <laughs> Sorry, I was referencing a game older than you are. Yeah, well, it's like when that guy, that um, Jacob Wilson, was going to win the Pro Tour, and he's like, the first, he would have been the first Pro Tour player to win, or that was younger than the game. Oh, right, right, right. But well, he just, uh, sorry, go ahead. But he just drew, like, he just got, like, the worst top decks ever and then lost, which is a shame. Well, uh, a good friend of mine, Tim Rivera, was the first Pro Tour competitor to, uh, to pro, top eight a pro tour who has children. Wow. Is it wow. Yeah. Huh. That was just uh, just recently too. So nice. yeah, the first first parent to uh, to top eight a pro tour. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and Tim's a great guy too. So that's good. All right, let's uh, let's start this episode. Uh, oh, I guess, should I say like if if you do know the thing, tweet at us. <laughs> you know, it's just like the the or the blatant comment. Like, hey, if you know what it is, post in the comments, you know, yeah, so we can get some more comments, uh, you know. Certainly, uh, yeah, you should certainly do that. I just have no idea what it is because I'm just not a, like I said, 
not a Super Nintendo guy. I have a whopping, you know, five games or something for it. Granted, I think all the games I have for it are gas, but yeah. As I'm looking at my Dreamcast that's plugged in in this room. Okay. So, all right, well let's uh, let's do our crack a pack like we do every other episode. Uh, for this episode, uh, we'll use my cube this time, which is a 540-ish. I think it's actually technically like 560 uh, card cube unpowered. So why are we using your uh, your cube for Crackapack? Oh well, it, funny enough, I finally uploaded my cube to Cube Studer. Uh, it is actually uh, cube number nine thousand and twenty nine, which is kind of awkward considering uh, how long I've had my cube. That I am the nine thousandth cube on here. Yeah, I don't even know what mine is, but whatever. You know, I it's all right. And is like number forty two or something like that. Oh, that's a number. Wow. He got in pretty early, so I apparently was just always too lazy, and, you know, I was always updated my queue, but never my lists online, and just finally decided, you know what, let me go ahead and catch up and, and kind of get it posted. And, and so had- after taking my cube out, I was just able to go and hit draft my cube and open a pack, and here it is. I'm looking at it. Yeah, for a while I hadn't updated my list, and then I updated it like a couple weeks ago or last week. I was like, you know what, I'll do it. It took a while, but, you know. Sorry. Right. So, uh, strange though, without the borders on them. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it's weird. A little disconcerting. So, <laughs> all right. So, uh, I'll read if you'll type. Yep, that's the that's the agreement. All right. Number one, first card is eight point five hails. Oh, that's an easy one. That's a sweet card. Number two, yeah. condescend. Card number three, tundra. There we go. That's a that's a blue card. Uh, card number four, Sylvan Caryatid. Okay. Curated. Do you have the uh, the pack foil or the the buy box? Um, I actually have one of each. I think it came up as uh, I'm looking at. It, I think it's got the buy a box one posted here. Hmm. I don't know. I can't tell. I, right. I have I have one of each. I might end up trading for both of them in the same weekend, but I don't remember which one I put in there. So. Okay. I think it's the pack foil, but all right. Anyway, <laughs> card number five: Savannah Lions. There you go. Yep. Loins. Number six, Winter Orb. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Got a nice little three cards of a nice white weenie strategy here so far. Now, card number seven, Upheaval. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Card so number eight, Spellskite. Yeah. Also solid. Card number nine, Memory Jar. Memory is certainly a blue blue attribute. Mm-hmm. Another blue card sort of here. Number 10, Demir Aqueduct. Yeah, yeah. Card number 11, Artifact Deck, Ancient Tomb. Wow. Have we got any red cards yet? Nope. This is weird. Here comes a red card, kind of. Card number 12, Volcanic Island. <laughs> what? Yeah. That's the Volcanic Island. Card number 13, an actual red card, Torch Fiend. I was actually thinking it would be the the, the actual the other one, Reckless Reveler or whatever. Oh, okay. For some reason, I was like, and, okay. So that's close enough. Card number 14, Teleria West. How's that card been? Because we don't uh, have uh, enough blue cards in this pack. No, not at all. <laughs> 
it's real nice when you're when you're looking for your uh, maze of death, uh, your your land that you need. I go ahead and get uh, the 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 best card ever printed with it. Often, uh, Island. Kyle. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've gone and gotten uh, Pact of Negation with it. Gone and gotten Slaughter Pact with it. Oh, have you gotten Everflowing Chalice? No, because there's no Everflowing Chalice in my cube. Oh, what if they cheat? <laughs> Number 15. Another blue card. Serendibifreet. <laughs> wow. I, I kid you not. This is the pack. Well, you certainly were not lying. This is an interesting pack. <laughs> and strangely topical. Yeah, yeah. There are lots of blue cards in this pack, except for that there are lots of kind of hidden blue cards. Um, Some of the cards are very obvious that they're blue, but um, for perhaps less experienced drafters, this pack may not seem as as blue as as the two of us kind of look at it. Yeah. And and for me, there's, you know, well, I'll tell you what, I just did a bunch of talking. Give me your thoughts on what to take out of this pack. Because I have have two schools of thought. Oh, like the card to take? Mm -hmm. Can I take up Eagle? Yeah, that's so dumb. Yeah, all people stupid. I mean, that's a, to me that's the you know so that's the easy path, right? Is just take a yeah. and then you know we'll most certainly wheel one of the lands, possibly the condescend. Um, the other path to go here, if you're not in a if you're not feeling blue, uh, is you could certainly go the white weenie route, right? Uh, Winter orb is no joke. Um, Savannah lions is you know one of kind of one of those necessary cards if you want to build that kind of deck. You just need those, you know, those two power one drops. Personally, I love 8.5 tails. Um, I probably don't take it here, though. I think I would probably take the, if I'm looking to do the weenie strat or an aggressive strategy, I'd probably take the winter orb here. Yeah. However, that all seems irrelevant because I'm just taking up people. So. That's true. I'm just slamming up people here. Can you do the old-fashioned replace it and then like we did when I had with crack? Oh, sure. Let's go, let's go ahead and I'll just, I'll just, uh, do another pack here, and then whatever the first card is, that'll be the replacement. Okay. Are you ready? So, hi. Nizumi Grave Robber. Oh, okay. What? Okay. Hmm. I think I take Winter Orb, though. Yeah, Winter Orb, sweet. I, I either take Winter Orb, or I could see myself taking Tundra or Volcanic Island. Yeah. Non-basics are pretty good. They certainly are. By the way, that new pack that I generated just happens to have Jason the Mind Sculptor in it. Just saying. Wow. <laughs> wow. Just saying. That's that is topical. Right. All right. So anyway, I, I feel like it's just upheaval all day and uh, moving on. Yeah. All right. Well, we uh, we reached out uh, over Twitter and asked for people to uh, give us some topics, maybe some things they'd like to hear us talk about. And, uh, so I, I grabbed a couple. Uh, we've already talked about the, uh, uh, someone asked about, uh, how much I like having, I think it was, uh, Marie Horselamp talked about at, uh, how I like having cube, my, uh, cube one cube tutor. Um, I think it's neat. Um, as, as is evidenced right now. However, um, I, I feel like there's so many cubes on there right now without specifically asking people to go and draft your cube. I feel like, I feel like it's very easy to get looked over. I don't. Yeah. I, I think it's real hard to. 
unless you're giving someone your list, it's it's so inundated with lists now. It's kind of hard to like look through and be like, oh hey, I know this person. Let me go ahead and draft their cube mm-hmm. without yeah. specifically asking. But there's a lot of neat tools, and you know what? It's kind of nice to have it just resident someplace where I can just go and pull my list, and people are like, hey, can I have your list? And I can go, Doink. here you go. Yeah. People asking for for years and. Uh, had uh, one one friend here in the Atlanta area who, uh, when I shipped them the list, went out and traded for ninety five percent of it in the next week. What? And then uh, and and next time I saw him was just like, man, ah, I love your cube. Ah, oh, so ah, it just does this, and there's no, you know, it's great interactions, and and you actually get to play magic and do all this. And uh, I, I had a friend, uh, my good friend John Baldwin, who now uh, is a partial game store owner. In uh, San Antonio, Texas. Uh, shout out to his store. It's called Gamers Paradise. Pair a dice, like rolling. Ah, gamers I like it. and gamers with a Z. Uh, gamers Paradise. Um, he put together a proxy copy of it and uh, recently shared with me that one person told him that quote This is the best cube I've ever drafted. Nice. So. So it's always nice to get feedback like that, but uh, I would certainly, I I'd certainly hope more people would go and do it. I know there's only like three decks built from it so far in the uh, uh, in, in, on the little deck page. But granted, none of them are mine because I get to draft mine IRL all the time. So that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't necessarily need to go on and draft it on uh, on Cube Tutor. However, uh, yeah, man, go take a look at it. It's Cube nine zero two nine. I think it's called Anthony's five forty ish cube. Yeah. So, so yeah. Yeah, that's, that site is really good, and they've like um, done a lot of like nice things in terms of like being able to like, categories, cards, and like functionality stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was that was definitely something I really like about the site. Yeah, like I said, I haven't updated it for a while, and I'm just like, because I really haven't bothered updating it like on the blog or whatever. It just I don't know. It just seems like duplicating my efforts. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, all right, I'm just gonna do this. Oh, and you can draft it. So there you go. You can you can click, you can click. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you can click. That's my that's my advertising slogan mm-hmm. for Cube Tutor. You can you click. You can click. You can click. I don't know the guy who runs it, but yeah, he did, did a very good job. So shout outs to person who I think Ben maybe. Yes, I think that's correct. Good job, Mr. Ben. <laughs> you did a good job. All right. Well, our uh, uh, the next question I have on here is from uh, Esteban Zapata, which I have a feeling is not his his actual name. I don't know. That's, that seems legit. I mean, but isn't Zapata shoe? I think, but like that's a last name. Is that right? someone's last name? I don't know. Is any? I've heard it. I've heard it being a last name. Uh, and they're they are at e s t e i g h at s t s t. Anyway, uh, talking about adding threaten effects for those kinds of cards in Cube. Um, and for me, I mean, you know, we all agree that the, the, the best one is Zealous Conscripts. Yeah, the um, creme de la creme. Right. Uh, and Zealous Conscripts is this nice place in the curve. Uh, it's at the top of a curve for the aggressive decks. Uh, it's a big enough body, and it's a hasty creature um, to be worth the effect. The thing that I like the most about it, and this is also the reason why the other uh, threat and effect that that I run is uh, Word of Seizing. And it's for the following reason. 
gain control of target permanent. Mm-hmm. Not target creature. Target permanent, which means taking planeswalkers, taking things like pernicious deed, taking things like equipment. Uh, it, it, it's a lot more daggery. Uh, taking people's planeswalkers and ultimating themselves with it is one of the greatest things possible. And one of the funnest things to, most fun things to do in Cube, in my opinion. I remember yeah. the first time, uh, it, it was, you know, shortly after, uh, both Word of Seizing and Chandra and Nalar were in my Cube. Like, Word of Seizing somebody's, uh, Chandra and tenning them when they had a Jackal Pup in play. Wow. <laughs> Oh, poor Jackalpuff. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun one. So yeah. I, I, I just happen to think that I just like cards like that that you can then you can then punish people for. So yeah, it's like oh, by the way, you're dead. Yeah, because it's it's very nice against like I'm gonna leave just like some big dumb dragon to block. Yeah. It's like oh nope. No, as Sorry. it turns out, I'm actually going to bash you with it. So. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so the, those are the two that I run, and those are the two I really like. Are they? Yeah, maybe, I mean, maybe five mana is a bit much, but I think those effects are powerful enough that they're worth it. I feel like I want to try active aggression, but I don't know. Yeah, it, three mana, but you know, we we have the, the well, the the thing about active aggression is that it's instant speed, right? Yeah, and that's, that's the nice why, thing about uh, it. That's why we're we're willing to pay four life in addition to the three mana. Yeah, because it's like a. Ray of Command, like an old Ray of Command, a card. That card is just stupid in Popper Cube. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, that card's real fun, by the way, in Limited. Somebody, I drafted with somebody's Popper Cube. Um, Shout-outs to, uh, by the way, to Mr. Uh, Matt Mendoza, who's like the media art, media guy for Ogre's Games, the store in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. He he, he uh, did a Popper, he has a Popper Cube, and okay. he drafted it a few times. And like, so I got attacked with, uh, what's the 1-1 one, one flying Death Touch guy, like Wingscale Codal or something? Oh, yeah. oh okay, okay, yeah. Winged In, Coatl or whatever? I think it's like that or, yeah, I think it's Winged Coatl or something. But he, like, attacked me and I was like, alright, I'm going to, um, Rave Command your Mist Raven. And then Block is like, okay. <laughs> and he had a Troubled Healer, so he was like, do I want to sacrifice lands to, like, make sure you don't just two for one me? I'm like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not good for you. But yeah, just that card is. It, it seems like it's definitely a card. I, I, if it was active aggression, I think I'd probably want it more. If it was just like target permanent, maybe, or even just like creature or, I don't know, creature or planeswalker. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's one of those cards I definitely want to try. I, and if I did, I don't know if I'd put it in like colorless or artifact or red. I don't know. But it's it's an interesting card for sure. It's probably on my mental note to, to, hey, try this card. Right. Like, hey, by the way, psst. you should uh, you should play this card. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's the way I feel about it. Uh, let's see. Uh, next on for methods, uh, someone asked, uh, are he's noticed recently, and let me pull up. Uh, pull up the name here too so you'll have to forgive me for for not doing this ahead of time but uh someone asked that something about um creatures are starting to dominate their 
powered cube games. Is this a concern? Is this something that to be worried about? Here it is. Uh, Les Kershaw at at Holsey's or Hoisey's W H who Isles W H O I S L E S. Uh, with new sets coming out, creatures are dominating games. Is this bad for powered cubes? Oh, okay. No. 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 Right? No. no. I, I don't think. I don't think so at all. I think, uh, if anything, it it helps mitigate some of the mistakes that were made uh, early in Magic development. Um, you know, for the longest time, the spells were what was best in Magic. Um, and when you just had people casting a bunch of spells, while that certainly seems like magic, <laughs> since we're casting spells all the time, I think it makes for a less interactive game, limited game, than, you know, having to work with creatures. Um, and the creatures now are, are so much more interesting that they used, than they used to be as well. Um, yeah. you know, we're not talking about grizzly bears and hill giants and, you know, things like that anymore. And Vencer Slivers. Uh, we, you know, we're, we're talking about things like, uh, you know, old school creatures like Morphling, new creatures like Aetherling, uh, you know, even, I mean, Mana War was an interesting old creature, um, you know, and when was the last time, you know, they, they, they reprinted Mana War, but they made it an extra blue because it was too good. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I think that I, I am comfortable in Magic's place right now where creatures, are vital to the success of the vast majority of decks um, in limited, standard, and for the most part, modern and legacy. And there are still lots of creature decks out there. And I think that's good for the game. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I think that's definitely a good sign. Maybe I've just drafted, like, a lot of just cubes back in the day, which were just like mono five color, mm-hmm. and it's just, I don't know, eventually just got old. It was just like, oh, hey, cool, gonna force five color, and then win with like, I don't know, some just ra- just like not creature that doesn't, any creature you get, or something, you know, it just, just got old, and I think it adds to just like, um, I think it makes the format, cube format more robust, mm-hmm. but a lot of the times it was just like, yeah, sweet. Yeah, like, creatures would be relatively not as good. And because, yeah, a lot of the, like, great mistakes of spells were just, like, so much better than the creatures. And even still, there's going to be no creature as good as, like, Ancestral Recall or even, like, Balance. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing will be that good creature-wise. But, you know, there's still a lot of very good creatures, and I think it lends itself to a, you know, good format. It's unlike you know, mono dirtles, which just, like I said, it's it's fine, but it just gets old. Like, I haven't drafted Modo Cube in this recent iteration because it just got old. I was just like, okay, sweet. This <laughs> like, yawn. Mm-hmm. This does nothing for me. Yeah, but in a word, no. I think it's, uh, I think it's good. I, yeah. I, I think, you know, it, you know, playing Power Cube certainly accelerates that race. Um, that arms race because you can certainly have uh, things happening ticking upwards a turn or two um, but I think creatures are, are really kind of where you want to be and it really makes it feel more like limited where I kind of feel like that's where cube occupies the space between limited and constructed um, but I always feel like it shades more towards the limited side than it does the 
Uh, I always feel like it should shade more towards limited rather than constructed, whereas something like Combo Cube should shade more towards constructed rather than limited. Yeah. That's what I feel. So. I like it. I like it. All right. Uh, Norbert, 88, uh, asked about uh, methods for uh, cutting cards or adding cards when you don't get a chance to test often. Yeah, I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> I was handing it off there. We had a nice pressure oh. pause. That was... Uh... I don't know. Like, I've, I've <laughs> kind of in this, like, weird scenario where I've actually been able to cube a lot recently. Uh-huh. But before, it was just like, I guess... I think a lot of it is just still looking objectively at what a card does. And I, I don't think that necessarily needs to be tempered with actual cube experience. I, although I think, like, when I was cubing a lot more, cubing a lot less, I would just have to essentially, like, playtest versus myself or something, which would be annoying. But I think a lot of it is still just looking very closely at what each card is actually doing. It's a lot kind of similarly what, what I usually say to do with cards, but just doing it more theoretically. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I guess sometimes that can be hard to... I don't know, does the word grok work here? Is that sure. hard grok? Yeah. Like, sometimes it can be hard to quantify exactly or, you know, grok exactly, like, how a card's power level is based on pure theoretics. And that's why some people can usually just, like, tend to outsource to other formats or just, like, hey, this card is wasn't good. Hey, it, it won. A, it, it, somebody played it in this deck, so it, is it good? Well, I mean, that can help in a way, but it's not necessarily... Oh, it, it certainly helps. helps. Yeah, I, I mean, if it, rare is the card that was not good in constructed or its respective limited format that lives in a cube. Yeah, you know, is there an answer to that? Is there one? I don't know. I haven't sat and gone through every iteration. Um, I feel like Torchbeam kind of cards were never really respected. Were never like super all stars mm-hmm. in or like a reckless reveler. I don't think really. No, yeah. they, they right, but they but they occupy. That's a good that's a good example. I mean, Hearth Commie certainly was good and constructed at the time. Um, yeah. But yeah, there may be cards like that um, that were just kind of always you know a tenth plus pick and just never got that much uh, <clears throat> that much playing in standard because of its role do fit that role very very well. Or maybe something I don't even think uh, the you know the uh, the core guy that you kick to disenchant something. Oh yeah, of course, sanctifier. Sanctifier as well. I mean, it's all a little bit of play, but it, you know, it was just very, you know, it was just kind of very average across the board. But fills yeah. this role that that we need. And you know, maybe that's it. Maybe it's this come into play effect of dealing with difficult permanent types. You know, that maybe necessarily doesn't see uh, the light of day in, in standard. I mean, Hearth Kami did because we had Omizawa's Jitta in the format. Yeah. Um, so did, uh, there, did, was, there was something to. To, to get with it, you know. Did, like, Ankh of Mishra see much play, like, back in the day? I don't think it did. No, uh, I mean, it, it's quite possible it did, but uh, I wasn't really playing Constructed Magic when yeah. that card was ever legal. Um, even when it was in 5th edition or 6th, whatever it was, um, I, I don't think it really saw any play. However, Zozu the Punisher saw a good amount of play. Yeah. So I imagine that if uh, Ankh of Mishra were reprinted now, it would be pretty good. Yeah. Um, because, you know, uh, what's his, at the time, uh, Zozu was very good because there was the tooth and nail decks. 
Oh, wow. So, yeah. yeah. So the Psalms and Black Room was in the format, and the Tooth and Nail decks were big. So he would just represent just this extra, you know, uh, six to eight damage uh, if you were on the play, maybe more. Um that he would, you know, give by himself. And that's a lot of the damage for one card. Yeah. That's and essentially, it's like, oh, it hits me too. It's like, so? Why right. do you care about your life total? You're the aggro right. deck? Don't, don't care. All I need is five mana to play my Arc Slogger or whatever. Like, yeah. And then I'm good. So, so. Uh, for me, um, because, you know, there are certainly times where I go through where I don't get to play or test often. Uh, what I do is I rely on people's opinions who's I tr- who I trust. Yeah. Uh, so well, a lot of times what I do is I'll sit and think about, you know, I still have this pool of data to draw upon, and I think, how often do these cards see play? And <clears throat> often I'm able to go through my cube and identify which cards really just don't get played or don't get drafted or or that people complain about that of whose opinion I respect um, or, you know, things like that. Um, and a lot of times, you know, I'll run them, the, you know, I have one very good friend that I'll run by. I'm like, hey, I'm thinking about cutting these cards. And he'll be like, yeah, I'm down. Like, it's very, you know, and I, and I do take that, you know, to, to mean a lot. Um, well, certainly he's, he's of the opinionated type stuff. I said, hey, I'm thinking about cutting this card, and it was not a card to be cut. He, his reply would be something along the lines of, yeah, well, you're stupid. Like, <laughs> or or when, he'll, you know, when I get a chance to see him and then he'll play my cube, he'll draft pull a card out of the pack and throw it at me and be like, why is this in here? Get rid of this. So, and often it's a card that I'm testing or a card that I want to try out and see yeah. how, how good it is. So uh, I find that to be a, a, a pretty good source too. Um, like I said, there are certainly uh, much like buttholes. Everybody's got an opinion on cards too. So just be careful which ones you explore. And I think that's the big one. It's kind of like the way I kind of see it in terms of just like using other opinions. It's kind of like, movie critics or just, like, critics of, like, art, like, music and whatever, a lot of the times if it's an, a critic who I'll personally agree with or think the person's got, like, a solid head on their shoulders, I'll view that person, you know, I'll value that opinion a lot more than, like, you know, if this person was, like, I, I trust musically a lot, uh, somebody like Norbert, shout-outs to Mr. Uh, Mr. Norbert. Well, I mean, we're talking about his topic, so. I know, that that's why. <laughs> it's a little meta. Then, you know, just some, like, person who like, may not have the best music taste or something, or may just be like, oh, like, if someone was just like, oh, all metal's the same, probably won't give them much credence, because, like, if they're going to say all metal sounds the same, they, put it bluntly, they probably don't know what they're talking about. What if that person suggested that you should listen to credence? Uh, maybe. (laughs) Would you then give them credence? No. Why? CCR is awesome, dude. I mean, I would give them credence, but I would... Would you give credence credence? Yeah. Yo, dog. (laughs) <laughs> I heard you like Credence. I heard you like Credence. <laughs> Did Zealous Conscripts see much playing Standard? Uh, yeah, well, it's all play. Yeah, for sure. It was in What's the pod that? decks. It was a real good pod five. Oh, yeah. Right, right. Uh, it's also nice because you get to, sometimes uh, you could do things with it like untap your own pod and then go get your six. Yep. Or take their guy and then pod it away with your other pod. <laughs> That's always a fun one. That's... That's uh, always a good one. It's like, yep, and your little dog, too. Right. Or, you know, I, I personally like, take your giant guy, attack you with it, and then sacrifice it to Gregor Gargadon. Mm-hmm. That's another nice one. There's a, you know, there's a there's a few iterations of that, so. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I for me, um, think about, you know, your cards that get played and not. Uh, think about 
don't be while there are certainly some changes you can make that are that are that seem like very strict upgrades uh make sure don't be lazy about it even though some of those uh some of those swaps are easy to make um for example one of the recent ones that i thought was an easy make even though it seemed lazy was elspeth 6 for elspeth 5 <laughs> the cat does apparently yeah, yeah, apparently was a big fan of elspeth 5 <laughs> Not happy with me removing it. I'm sorry. I I know it wasn't any good. I never. Yeah, I always. I think I talked about it before. It was just like it was like a dog. Treading, it was like yeah, it was like a dog treading water. It was like I could do this, and nope. <laughs> it's like it's like it's not doing anything. It's just wasting time. Right. I want to make my cat angry. You ready? <laughs> I'm gonna pick her up. <laughs> I'm cutting else but five. <laughs> anyway, uh, so that seemed like a uh, you know that could be construed as like a lazy one, but to me that some of them were just like natural upgrades, right? Um, yeah. Ow, ow, ow! <laughs> What's that? Just bit my arm twice. I no, I, I have little dents in my arm now. Go away, go away, mean cat! <laughs> I'm holding the sign of the cross in front of her. Oh, the power of Christ compels you. Cat is possessed. Oh, she's just old and cranky. Oh, oh no, the kitten's coming. Stay away. Save yourself. <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, so you know, don't don't be lazy about it. Certainly, go through the process. Make sure you're doing the right thing. Um, but you know, and, and I think don't be afraid to 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 change some cards out and try something new. Yeah. Um, it's a uh, you know, the thing too is you can always just add cards. And this is something that I don't know. A lot of people don't do. Like people fear the unbalanced sections, or you know, just add some cards, see how they work, and then take cards out. It's kind of like when you do the uh, the old smoke screening sideboard technique, right? So you just add 15 cards to your deck, and you take 15 out. The, 11 of the 15 might be exactly the same that you put. Yeah. That's okay. But, you know, give you a chance to give a little bit of reps when you do have it. Uh, and, you know, when you do get a chance to play, you know, don't be don't be afraid to seed the packs a little bit with those cards. So Yeah. It kind of it makes me think of, like, when, when the whole thing with lazy changes, like when MotoCube did the changes. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right. It, it seemed like just very, just, yeah, very lazy change. Like, cut in, like, they add Searing Blood, which makes sense because the card is good. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, we got to cut something. All right, um... It's another two mana spell. Oh, incinerate. Okay, let's cut that. Right. All right. Cool. Thanks. Or like add coarser crew fix. All right, we need to cut something now. All right. Um, what's another three mana spell? Right. Right. Uh, Kodama's Reach. Yeah, let's cut that one. Right, because they both have something to do with lands. Well, yeah, and it's just lazy. I mean, a lot of the times, a lot of like the I get there's definitely a, a want to upgrade and make changes to your cube, but. It may be that the correct answer requires more searching. Mm-hmm. Just like, yeah, for example, with this, there's, there may have been, there probably was a better cut. There are probably, like, a thousand other cards that are just garbage, like in red, like Goblin Cadets or something, or, you know, Goblin Cadets, Priest of Urabrask, Torian Mauler, like, all these cards just suck. But they just went for, like, a phoned-in change, and it's not really the way you should, you know, do that. But, yeah, definitely, um, it can be easy to just, like, you know, just, um, I guess the lack of better term is just, like, I guess be objective when it comes to making changes, even if you're not using hard data. Just be like, I don't think 
Or you can just try to be objective. Don't try to, like, hold on to hopes that don't actually exist. Uh-huh. Like, um, I don't know, someone was, like, had a huge crush over Elspeth Tyrell. Like, oh, this card does... It can be very easy to justify a card in cube. Uh-huh. Which is... I think something, like, you can definitely sell yourself on a card being good, or you can exaggerate the talking points of why a card is bad. Like, right. you can say Searing Blaze sucks because, like, oh, my God, it costs landfall, and it's a sorcery, and it doesn't do anything. And you can you can convince yourself of all these things, but it just usually doesn't match how the card actually plays. Uh-huh. And that's the thing, which, yeah, which if you don't test often or you don't cube much, it can definitely get in the way of... Because usually those kind of, like, actually playing a card out can actually temper some of those misconceptions. Sure. Like, a lot of people were just like, when Elspeth, um... Six Mana Elspeth came out, they were like, uh, I can't, uh... You know, this card doesn't do anything, doesn't have enough impact. You know, it's like all these talking points which people had, but, you know, when people played the card, they found it didn't, you know, actually match that. Oh. I don't know, I'm just rambling here. <laughs> That's my right. Yeah, and, and you know, don't and don't be afraid to ask people whose opinion you trust of what they think about cards. Yeah, I think that definitely helps as well. Just to make sure you're not like, hey, am I alone in thinking? Like, um, I usually uh, like with the like the wildfires and stuff like that. I think I asked like Parnell or you know TJ and people like that. Like, hey, um, I'm thinking of cutting wildfire. Am I crazy? Like, this card just hasn't really been doing anything. And I think both of them were like, no, this this card really hasn't done much. I'm like, all right, cool. Oh. Thanks. But, yeah, it's definitely good to not, to, to, you know, have a robust, you know, experience, or, you know, to be able to draw upon other opinions. Because we do that, like, you know, like music and movies and stuff like that. Right, right, right. So yeah. why not, right, why not these? Yeah, just like, for example, I'll trust, like, uh, I don't know, just like, I don't know, just like really bad music critic, you know, wouldn't trust that, you know, just like, and even on, like, like review sites, there are certain reviewers who, you know, I'll say, like, hey, this person gave it this a five versus it's like, oh, you know, Mr. Random gave it five, you know, all right, or, you know. But, yeah, I think that's definitely a good thing to do. Okay. And uh, last one, uh, this is coming from Andrew Coleman, who is at A.W. Coleman, is uh, talk about the size of a cube list that contains strictly uncuttable cards. How big would a cube be if all it was were the absolute bare-bones staples? I think it'd probably be like one something, like one eighty or something. Yeah, I feel like it's in the one sixty to one eighty range. Uh, certainly, if it's powered, that grows. You know, that number is a little more stable because there's a you know a battery of ten to fifteen cards you can add to it. Uh, mm-hmm. The thing is, is that you know, uh, with the the you know the uptick in, in creature powerful creatures, uh, I think that number. I think it's hard to keep that stable for very long. Yeah, because um, I almost feel like if anything, it's just going to grow. Um, for example, you know, if I had to pick one blue finisher and that's all that I got that cost more than five mana, I'd have a real hard time not saying it's Aetherling. However, yeah. I have, I have a really hard time, you'd have a really hard time convincing me that a card like Moloku doesn't belong in a cube. Yeah, I was going to say, either that or Consecrated Sphinx, and, you know, I would be right. in the tank for, like, I'm like, ah. Right, exactly. Like, so, you know, I don't, I, I think it's kind of hard to define but my gut tells me it's somewhere in the neighborhood of like 180, um, with you know adding a couple cards here and there uh, each year. Yeah. So, but that man, that would be tough. That'd be an interesting exercise to do. However, you know, would make for a very good draft cube. 
Yeah. I could all all you could do is you know what format it. Yeah, pretty much just four. Yeah. So, uh, perhaps it would make for a better uh, sealed deck cube or a uh, Winston drafting cube or something like that. But, um, however, I think it'd be a good exercise to go through and really think about what are non-negotiables. I think that list might even be smaller than what we're giving it credit for. Yeah. Because I think, you know, I, I, I for, you know, every, uh, for every lightning bolt we talk about, you know, to me, it seems like Searing Blaze would be one of those cards too. But obviously there are, you know, there certainly are dissenting opinions about that as well. So, uh, you know, as I heard on a, another podcast recently, uh, it, it, everything is debatable. Everything is debatable. You know, as long as someone says to you, hey, I don't agree with you, or hey, what about the, you know, literally everything is debatable. So, uh, you know, or arguable, I think is what he said. You know, yeah. as long as you're willing to argue about it, everything is arguable. Oh, well, he's arguably the best, you know, wide receiver of all time. Well, I can say that this person is arguably the best. Mm-hmm. Are, and are you going to argue with me? Yeah. So obviously he is arguably the best because you're yeah. arguing with me about it. <laughs> So, so I, you know, I, I thought that was amusing, too. So, All right. Shall we get on to our main attraction? We, we can. It's about, uh, it's about blue. Blue. All right. So, you know, we, uh, in our white episode, we talked about the color, kind of what its historical roles are, uh, and uh, what how those apply to uh, Cube and, and perhaps what we can learn or anything by it. Uh, so for me... Blue is just, you know, kind of, what's the, you know, it's like that old question, what's the what's the best card in the history of magic? It's, it's um, Island. Right. Yeah. <laughs> because Island lets you cast all the best spells. And, and so, you know, historically, the best color. Uh, even when Wizards has decided to, well, we're going to make blue not good for a while, all it takes is one set and blue's right back on the map. Mm-hmm. Um you know, all it takes is, you know, oh, well, you know, things aren't going well. You know, all these other colors are great. And then, oop, there goes Cryptic Command. Or, oop, there goes Delver of Secrets. Or, oop, there goes Chase the Mind Sculptor. You know what I mean? Like, it, all it takes is, you know, one card to, to bring it right back to prominence because of its, I mean, what's the, you know, one of Blue's primary abilities is drawing cards. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's another ability in the game that is better than that, right? Those are your resources. If you can, you know, if you have more resources available, often you win the game. So, you know, we're what? We're drawing cards, we're countering spells, and we have big, giant, hard-to-kill creatures. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, that's a, it's a, it's a recipe for success, you know, and, and, it's, and it's proven itself, you know, year after year. It seems like when when mistakes happen as well, they tend to be the most egregious in blue. Like mm-hmm. when that like Jace, um, let's see, Jace. <laughs> True name, obvious, arguably, I guess. Yeah, uh, you know, I guess right. All the all the cards that come up, and the only cards that really, you know, as far as you think of mistakes, either they're artifacts or they're blue for the most part. Yeah. I mean, and by mistakes, we mean, you know, annoying cards or things like that. You know, for example, Affinity had nothing to do with blue other than the fact that, you know, there was a one blue draw two card spell. Yeah. Um, Phantasmal Image. I don't know. There's 
I don't know if that's really necessarily a mistake, but like so even something like uh, what was the one mana counter spell, counter or one mana thing? A one mana spell, counter target. Oh, uh, mental misstep. Yeah, like mental misstep. I mean, that card's. I, I mean, technically the card's blue, but you know, the reason. Once again, it's you know usable in all colors, even though it's got blue on it. Mm-hmm. Um, treachery. Yeah, treachery's a nice one. Upheaval's a nice one. Cryptic. I don't know if I'd say it's a, a mistake, but it's definitely no. But it's, just, it's you know, it's it's a card that winds up dominating the format. You know, what happens yeah. is you get you get cryptic command alongside of something like uh, Mistbind Click, alongside <laughs> of Spell Stutter Sprite. Granted, the, you know, the the big culprit in that whole thing was Bitter Blossom, which is not a blue card. However, um, I, I think most people tend to think of the Fairy deck as a you know, even though it's a black blue deck. I think if you if you were to name a primary color, people are going to think about blue being the color. Uh, Caw Caw Blade, you know, yeah, a blue deck, um, you know, that had some of the the biggest culprits in it. Um, we're seeing a time right now where you know the there actually wasn't you know mono blue devotion was you know a, a big deck for a while. The Esper deck, you know, which is blue, is is seeing part of it. It's it's very hard to keep blue down. Yeah, and it seems like they don't, when they do, they don't tend to do it for long. Like, I think during Scars, they tried, mm-hmm. and then, of course, right after that was World Wake and Jace. Well, wait, Zendikar came before Scars? I thought it was after. Uh, it's before, I'm pretty sure. Hmm, yeah. I thought Lorwyn came before Scars. No, 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 Zendikar, it was definitely Zendikar before that. To the Google Mobile. <laughs> yeah, it was Lorwyn and then Shards and then Zendikar. Shards? You said Scars. Oh. Well. <laughs> yeah, was was Blue? Sh- Blue wasn't really shafted in Scars. I don't think. Well, no, it was the five. I mean, the, the decks were the, you know, the five-color deck was the big thing. Yeah. Because you got to cast Cryptic Command. You got yeah. to cast Cryptic Command. Uh Thresher, the Cloud Thresher, or whatever it was called. Yeah. Plume Veil. Plume, yeah, it was just like, you know, a Baneslayer Angel. You got to cast, like, your, your double white, triple something else, you know, triple blue, quad green, cool whatever, in the, in the same deck. So that was, you know, one of the big decks at the time, along yeah. with fairies and, and everything else. Then there was, you know, the mono red deck with a Magus of the Moon, which was real good against those. No, Magus of the Moon. That card's so dumb. Maggie Moon. Anyway, yeah. uh, and I think that, you know, as far as the best color goes, I, that's amplified when we talk about powered cube versus unpowered. Because we yeah. need to add, you know, some of the best cards ever. Now, while it's only, you know, two to three cards, that's a lot. Yeah, I mean, it ain't it don't hurt. I mean, and, you know, a lot of the fast mana tends to... It tends, I mean, it's used in most decks, but, like, it tends to be, a little, the power level tends to be a little more amplified in blue decks, because they can take advantage a little better. Well, right, because they're technically, right, they're the, they're the power versus speed, right? Like, the red decks are the faster decks until blue establishes control, but whenever you can jump, uh, accelerate your mana and get to that phase two, phase three part of the game, mana-wise, you're going to have a much easier time winning the game. Uh, I think another thing that's that's real important to talk about is the fact that blue always seems to get the best card in every cycle. Yeah. 
like Muldrifter, like that that whole cycle seemed kind of meh, and I was like, oh, here's Muldrifter. I mean, healing salve. <laughs> yeah. Ancestral recall. Lightning bolt, dark ritual, giant growth. Mm-hmm. One of these things is not like the other. I mean, uh, as good as Primal Command was, and as good as uh, Black Command was, Cryptic Command, not close. You know, yeah. by far the, the best one of that cycle. Um, and, and you can find, you know, more examples going going through history, but Blue always seems to kind of get, always seems to get the best one, you know? Yeah. And I think that's just because of Blue's identity. I think it's a lot easier to make mistakes with those kinds of things, it seems like. It seems like it's a lot it's a lot harder to quantify like draw effects and bounce or you know, blue's historical strengths, I think either have been harder to quantify mana cost wise or Wizards has like struggled with those the most. Mm. Like the untap ability, like the you know, the Infermerza's block, for example. They really underestimated how it's cheap they should be. Like, you know, Treachery, Time Spiral, Palancron, Palancron, etc. Like, those were definitely under-costed because... Snap! Yeah, Snap. Woo! Cloud of Fairies. Cloud of Fairies, what's up? Yeah. Like, a lot of those, I mean, understandably, because I think it was just Rosewater. Mind's Desire. Woohoo! Here's another nice blue blue deck for you. Yeah. But it seems like a lot of those, like, Storm, like, the best, you know, a lot of the good Storm cards... Um, were just kind of blue. It just seemed like a lot of those effects, like Muldrifter, they probably were like, well, we can do, like, whatever, Divination, and then whatever. Uh-huh. Like, the Evoke cost, the, the hard cast is probably just, like, one mana too cheap uh-huh. or something like that. But it seems like a lot of the times those kinds of effects are harder to quantify, whereas things like Direct Damage have just been a little easier, or at least they have a better, like, uh, you know, just like a grasp on it, or things they're willing to push more. Like giant growth effects have never really been pushed super hard. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, what's that card? Rampager is probably an exception because that's pretty pushed. Yeah, it cards pretty good. Yeah, but like Gork a lot Clan of Rampager, by the way. Yeah, Gorkland Rampager. Yeah, but a lot of the it seems like a lot of those effects aren't really pushed, and I don't know if it's like intentionally. Like, if certain strategies are supposed to be seen as like, you know. This is not supposed to be a, like a big, you know, big boys strategy. Uh-huh. Whereas, you know, just something like this will always be seen as that way. And that's something I, I was thinking of as well. Is like, it seems like blue almost always finds a way. Like, kind of like it's kind of like life in Jurassic yeah. Park. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> but it just seems like that. Where it's just like people have always tried to make blue decks. Like, a lot of people just, like, complained a lot when, like, Counterspells became, when Cancel got printed, and they reprinted it again and again and again. It's like, no, you're not, we're not going back to two mana for Counterspells. <laughs> we're going to three. Right. And even, like, uh, the Titans were kind of thrown under the bus um, when they were, like, Yeah, I think we- that's one that Blue didn't get the best one. I mean, Blues was certainly good, but they were all very, very good. Yeah, it was, yeah... I think the reason why, you know, uh, I, I think Primeval Titan wound up winning that game uh, just because of the fact that you actually got to draw two cards every time you did something with it. 
Yeah, yeah, you tutored. You you basically drew two cards and broke a rule of the game. Pretty much, yeah. That's true. But yeah, it just seems like, and I guess that's another thing I was going to bring up, is a lot of the historical strengths of blue just ended up, like those initial mistakes, they kind of realized it and have kind of like moved on, I mm-hmm. guess for lack of better terms. Like, like the two mana mana rocks. Yeah, and there was a post on uh, Rosewater's Tumblr, and somebody asked about like the you know the diamond cycle okay. from Raj. You know, it's like charcoal diamond, whatever fire sure. diamond. You know, like two mana rock comes into play tapped, um, taps for a mana. Mm-hmm. And he said, um, I think he said, I'm just gonna read the post. It was on his blog. Um, Is marble diamond at all at, at or I guess et cetera? Too powerful by today's standards, or let me rephrase that: Do they step too much on Green's toes to see print nowadays? And Rosewater answered: Development currently believes diamonds are too good for standard. Right. And a lot of those like things, like two mana mana rocks, two mana counter spells, like mana leak, like a lot of those have just been kind of priced out. And there have been some of those kinds of effects which have been like um, three mana LD, for example. Right. Like, that's been kind of priced out. Right now, it's four mana LD. Yeah, and it's just one of the things where it's like, this is how it should be print, you know, how it should be done. We're not going back. And that, unfortunately, I think that does tend to um, have, I guess, a disproportionate effect in cube. Well, what happens is, is whenever, you know, if you look at it in standard, whenever they go back across that line, for example, uh, in M10, when Lightning Bolt gets reprinted uh, in... When when Manaly came back, they immediately flood the format because mm-hmm. spells are so efficient. They immediately appear everywhere. Yeah, and uh, and and like you were saying, they have this disproportionate effect on cube because mistakes don't leave. Right, they're just always there. Yeah, like if there's there's and that's like new cards have to compete with the old mistakes. Right. Like, uh, you know, like, I'm looking at newer cards, just looking at Moto Cube List, which, you know, isn't the greatest example, but it's it has, like, a lot, like, Etherling. I don't know if I'd say that's a mistake, but that's certainly a really good one. Consecrated Sphinx. Mm-hmm. Um, Dungeon Geist, maybe. Frost Titan. Glenelendra. I don't know if I'd say a lot of these are mistakes, but they have to f- compete with, like, the old mistakes, like Control Magic and Treachery and Mana Leak and, and uh, Counter- Counterspell. Yeah, an OG counterspell and stuff like that, where it's just like... I mean, I think Snapcaster Mage is one of the recent examples of a really pushed card. Yeah. Yeah. That card is just... Oh, oh that card is just stupid. And, you know, uh, but you'll... And I, I did a study not too long. I never published the results. I just kind of looked at it as far as spells versus creatures, and in each color of things printed in the... Golden Age of Magic as proposed as instead of my Golden Age, I mean like comic book Golden Age, not like Golden Era, but uh, as opposed to like Modern Age of Magic, and it's uh, it's some pretty interesting findings of of the uh, spells to creatures uh, difference, you know, and you know what we talked about earlier of as creatures get better, you know, the creatures wind up making themselves into cubes, you know, if you look at a, I, I would dare say that. Uh, more than half the creatures in cubes now are all in a new border, in a new frame. Yeah. Um, and that's, I think I remember, like, it was after a recent, or I guess it was in the World Championship qualifier, was in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. 
Like somebody drafted a um like a pod deck with like pretty much all new creatures. And after that, I was just like, what is this? I'm like, I'm going to look at this. And a lot of the old creatures were kind of similar. There were, like, mistakes, like Mother of Runes or Flame Tongue Kavu. Oh, yeah. Good old Flame Tongue. Yeah. That card didn't ruin any format. So, wait, only the nope. standard the entire time it was in. That was another one of those cards that was just like, you know, the format was inundated with it, you know. Mm-hmm. Hey, you have to play Blue-Green Opposition. Splash Red for Flame Tongue. Yeah. <laughs> Get the Flame Tongue in there. Or, or a Psychotog. Splashing Red. Yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, it was all, you know, all over the place. So you certainly yeah. see things like that. And in Cube, you know, that's how you see it. And Blue is a, blue is a and because of that, kind of to bring it back around, Blue is a tough nut to crack for, for new cards, uh, especially spells. Yeah. Um, creatures, you know, we certainly have gotten a lot of, of new Blue creatures in the Cube. But all the Blue creatures that get in the Cube are nuts. Yeah. You know, like, the cards are really, really good. Yeah, like yeah, true name nemesis and and stuff like and V click. Right, right, right. I mean, the cards are absurd, you know. Uh, what's funny is I actually think true name nemesis, and I may have mentioned this before, but I think it. I'd like to say it again. It, I feel like true name nemesis, for constructed purposes, should have been a white card. Yeah, um, yeah. It, like the whole protection scheme, I feel like should have been a white card. However, for Cube, if that card was white, it would be re- – I think it would be way more unbalanced in Cube if it were white instead of blue, only because of blue's historical context of being the control deck, right, countering things and then dropping one big threat to, uh, you know, and protect it and finish the game. Um, I think it's because of that traditional role, that blue, that it's not worth, you know. Yeah. However, that doesn't, you know, flying constructed, constructed man, it's game on, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, blue historically being that control deck, historic, you know, counter the finishers. I think another old blue uh, archetype is the artifact deck. Uh, you know, you talked about mana rocks. Uh, oftentimes the mana rocks fit the best in either the control decks or the artifact deck. What's, mm-hmm. one, of the, what's one of the best blue artifact cards ever printed? Well, Flaring Academy. Well, or Tinker, too. Oh, Tinker, yeah. Right? So, oh, you know, you have both of those cards, and guess guess where they live? They live in blue. Um, and that's another thing where I think, like, they realized, I don't know if they necessarily realized any mistakes with that. Like, it feels like they now print big artifact creatures with artif- with um with tinker in mind mm-hmm. but there's still a few mistakes or I don't know if I say mistakes but there're definitely a few like marquee cards for that like you know sundering titan battle sphere worm coil and like blight seal and inkwell if you play those or something like that mm-hmm. but it's like the eldrazi were purposely not artifacts because of like tinker and things like that but it they have enough support that it's usually pretty pretty darn good anyway. Right. It's like, oh, I'm only I'm only uh, tinkering away my mana rock for this swarm coil engine. Oh no. Right. What will I do now? Oh, I'll just kill you. That's what I'll do. So, you know, the, I think the artifact deck, and that's, you know, uh, a thing I like to support um, by keeping lots of those two mana rocks in there, right? So, 
Uh, I don't include all the mana rocks. You know, like I said, I'm, as I mentioned earlier, I'm not playing uh, 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 Chalice. Chalice. Uh, yeah. I don't play Cold Steel Heart. I don't play any of the diamonds. No. Yeah. A lot of them. I, and, and I guess that's a whole trope about like signets make control too good or something like that. But uh, except I mean, to make your aggressive decks better. That's the way yeah, to just do it. Make, yeah. It just seems like like they definitely are more like I guess mana rocks more tend to lean more towards blue. Well, because well, they certainly lean more towards the control decks. Yeah, like if you're playing Dragrod, I think. Yeah. Blue like adjacent, you, play, you know? Yeah, if you play Dragrod, I can God help you. <laughs> just, right. I mean, there's no point in doing that. Why, why would I play a rock when I can play an Ash Zealot? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but maybe if you're mid-range, you know, if you want to jump to your four and five mana creatures a turn early, then, you know, then you're looking at something. Um, yeah. But most the control decks usually live in the uh, Esper colors. You know, I, I've certainly seen, you know, control decks have other colors, but usually uh, I don't very often see the old green-red control deck. Let's just say that. Yeah. The green-red uh-huh. control deck. I like that. <laughs> right. The green-red The green red control deck is, you know, for lack of a better term, it's the wildfire deck. It's the it's the ramp board sweeper deck, you know. Uh, yeah. Or, you know, when uh, Obliterate and Yoko Hops and all that kind of stuff were, were, were prominent. You know, those were the green-red decks, but, uh, you know, Burning and, and Wildfire and Starstorm and... And, and all kinds of stuff like that. Like, hey, I'm going to play this giant thing, and oh, by the way, it's going to be bigger than your things. Or, uh, well, Covetous Dragon. Yeah, Covetous Dragon. Mm-hmm. Good old Covetous Dragon. I play this giant thing, and I'm going to, you know, kill all the smaller creatures because my ginormous dude is going to survive. Uh, so, with that in mind, moving, you know, the, the blue is typically the slower one. I think we've seen... And I've recently made a change towards trying to make blue a more tempo, devotion, permanent-oriented color. Yeah, and it's another role I think it plays well. Like, I think that's a big thing when trying to support other themes. Like, I I forget who, I think it was Chapin who said, like, if you're doing something, make sure it pays off, or make sure you get paid for what you're doing. Like, for example, if you're going to, like, if somebody supports, like, a certain, like, fringe strategy, like, I don't know. Um, we'll say, for example, green tokens. Okay. I don't know if that's actually a thing, but well, I'm just using that for sake of example. Okay. Like, if there's no reason to do it, and if, like, the decks aren't performing well, there's really not much of a reason. Like, if it doesn't play into the strengths of the color, mm-hmm. like, if green token, if, like, if green wasn't very good, or, like, black tokens, we'll say black tokens. Mm-hmm. Say like say there's black token generators, but there's not really much to do with it. For example, there's maybe a few cards, and you're not getting sufficiently paid for it. Then mm-hmm. it's not really worth it. But blue, I think, tends to play that role pretty darn well. You know, even historically and in cube as well. I think it, that's definitely one of its strengths that can be played more towards. Mm-hmm. Like, and you know, hint hint, there's gonna be some blue tempo cards in my uh, top five. Yeah, uh, you know, there are, and that's the thing is, as I was making that push, uh, it didn't take very much to, to push the color that direction. Uh, you don't realize how many tr- great permanents there are that have multiple blue in the casting cost. Uh, you know, cause I, after playing with Master of Waves and Constructed, I was like, holy crap, I need to play with this card in the cube somehow. 
You know, mm-hmm. this card is so good. And you kind of go through it. And there are certainly quite a few creatures and permanents that, uh, that play into it very, very well. Um, also, you know, we have lots of good blue adjacent creatures now, too. Things like, uh, Geist of St. Traft. Yeah, the goose. Yeah. Uh, things like Shardless Agent that, you know, just generating a ton of value. Um, you know, there's a lot of these efficient, lower casting cost blue creatures. Things like Phryxian Metamorph, things like, you know, uh, uh, the aforementioned clone, the two mana clone, uh, Phantasmal Image. Things like Snapcaster Mage. You know what I mean? Uh, True Name Nemesis. All this stuff kind of just adds up and, and you can really play that, uh, attacking game quite well. Um, uh, value card thing, Baleful Strix, you know, well yeah, it's only a 1-1, but it's replacing itself. You know, Shadow Mage Infiltrator, Dusk Mantle Seer, uh, you know, you're getting a lot of these cards, these cards that are blue in some way, shape, or form, that attack very well. Yeah. And you like Wake Thrasher, like... Uh, Edric. Jeez. I mean, imagine Edric plus Master of Waves. I mean, that's yeah. the that's the original Biden of Thassa, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. OG Biden, what's up? Yeah. Now, granted, we haven't seen a blue-red creature worth, you know, a, a fit, you know, lower casting cross creature yet, but... But maybe know, the next set. Give it time, you know, we'll, we'll see some more multicolor stuff. Love to see a blue-red god. That's there is. really I good. Think? No, that's really good. Not, I mean, I'm sure there will oh, be, right, but that, that actually does something. Yeah, it's not like... Yeah, if you have four devotion, it's a guy... And, uh, that's it. Right. Just a dude. Yeah, it's just like, if it isn't, it's just like blank. It's just like, it's not even a vanilla creature. By the speaking of which, is it weird, like, I'm gonna be use, I, I got a bunch of, like, collector's edition cards to use as tokens, like, scathed zombies from collector's edition to use as zombie oh, tokens. Interesting. That's kinda cool. I was just like, eh, they're a buck for, like, a bunch. Why not? Yeah, I've, I've been trying to accumulate all kinds of tokens and uh, emblems and stuff like that. I kind of always make it a point to accumulate those. I can't wait for uh, Voice of uh, Resurgence. Resurgence, thank you. God, I'm so bad at card names. I can't wait till Voice of Resurgence rotates out of standard so I can actually get some of those elemental tokens. How much are they? Oh, they're they're a little bit. They have a little bit of a cost to them. They were up to a few bucks each for a while. Hmm. Um, I've heard that it's like the third or fourth most valuable card in Dragon's Maze. Yeah, that seems about right. Wow. I mean, I, I know what the first two are. I should know this. Well, the voice itself. Oh, right. Yeah. That's one of them. <laughs> and then the other one is if you played any standard, you know uh, you know the next one pretty easy. I should. <laughs> what, what's, what's funny again is that... Uh, it's uh, a card that's probably not quite good enough for Cube. He's a vampire. Vampire? Oh, Blood Baron. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, but yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, everything after that, pretty worthless. Yeah. The Card Kingdom has um, elemental tokens for 450 There you go. Wow. That's something. Worm coil tokens for six bucks. Wow. 
That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I was surprised at that high too, but yeah. Worm coil. So yeah, I want to go through my tokens and see if I got any of those. Yeah, yeah, I was surprised, but yeah, they're worth. They're worth some. I have to take a look at those. Yeah, like you know, I recently picked up a, a bunch of Kraken tokens from people. Oh, oh, nice. Some dude was like, "Hey, I got some Japanese Kraken tokens. You want these?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure." Whoa, that's cool. Yeah, still, still gigantic guy here. Yeah, just a, still a nine nine. Doesn't that trample? Oh man, if only that trample. <laughs> Uh, so, so yeah, so, uh, I don't know anything, I mean, the, the, pretty straightforward as far as Blue's role and everything, uh, anything else you want to talk about? I feel like I should say more, but, yeah, I don't, I don't know, I just like Blue. <laughs> it's a, it's a good, it's a good color. It feels like it's, uh, man. My brain just died. I don't know. <laughs> I guess I, I guess I just really like. Um, it, it's a very defined color, and can be. I guess it also has some wiggle room, but like blue control is very like defined, and it's very hard. Like it seems like blue is blue control is an archetype that can never like you can never unsupport it out of a cube. Yeah. Like you can definitely have it where like aggressive decks, like you know, we've definitely drafted our fair share of cubes that like. Aggressive decks are just unplayable because they're just unsupported. Right. But I don't think that's the way. I don't think that could really ever happen in a cube. No, I, you're right. I think it's I think it's definitely difficult to hate those kind of cards out of a cube. Like to to hate that archetype out of a cube. I mean, I think you can hate the artifact deck out of a cube. But I I and by hate I mean you can just like remove the the, the functioning pieces of it. But yeah. I think it's it's almost impossible to have to not have a controlling. I mean, you'd have to eviscerate what Blue's identity is mm-hmm. to not like. Well, I'm playing the Moto Casual Room Blue Cube. It doesn't have nope. any counter spells. It doesn't have any LD. <laughs> no, uh, no conceding. <laughs> right, right, right. It's just like no, no counters, no LD. Um, like in Popper Cube, for example, there's no ra- like there's almost no rats. There's counter spells. There's a good amount, but not as many. But like it still finds a way. Like you still find a way. Like the, the big creatures are kind of bad. Mm-hmm. Like you don't get Frost Titan. You get like Noble Templar. Vizardrix was that guy or Kezardrix? Do you get any of those? I think those are uncommon. Oh okay. But like Ulamog's Crusher is like a you know. Oh, like, okay, sure. like, um, but you know, there's, the, but you know, there's a big difference between like Ulamog's Crusher and like Frost Titan slash Kega oh, yeah. slash Maloka. You know, just like those. You know, the, so the payoff, I guess, is less, but it still finds a way. Like, well, and I was going to say in in common uncommon cube, um, that's uh, I remember the last time I played Klugs, I wound up with basically you know still once again you don't get the big giant finishers, you don't get. Um, you don't get a, you get some counter spells, but you don't get sweepers really. You know all the wraths and things like that are all rare. And I still wound up in a blue white control deck. It was like mm-hmm. a blue white uh, life gain stall the game deck that just had a couple of like unblockable finishers or whatever that I can you know win the game with once I have things tied down. And it's still the same kind of deck, you know. 
Yeah, and you. I guess also it's just you don't necessarily, like, the interchangeable parts you need fewer of. Like, for example, in a red aggressive cube deck, like, you can have, um, if you don't have Fire Green Crusader in your aggro deck, you can have Jackalpup, and you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. But you need a certain number of them to make your deck not awful. You don't necessarily need a lot of big mana finishers. Like, for example, in that blue-white control deck, if you don't have a, um, Jetting Glass Kite or something, or a Artisan of Kozilek. You Ooh, still Jetting Glass Kite, that was a nice yeah. pull. Yeah, an Amugaba. Yeah, it, I thought it was rare. I thought Airbus is rare. Oh, it is rare. I don't know. I just was naming sweet old blue cards. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> but you know, just like I don't have, you know, just like you'll find a way, and but you only need to find a way once or twice. The rest of the cards are just support. Mm-hmm. Just like I don't have a um, like. I could use a Cloud Goat Ranger or a, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to think of some other, like a Spire Golem. Like in that, you know, in that uh, in that common cube draft that I drafted, it was like red, blue, splashing black, splashing mm-hmm. white or something. Or splashing, it was bl- base is it, splashing black, splashing green. Mm-hmm. And the green was like Wicker Bow and like black was like, Mystical teachings flashback and like a removal spell or two, but you know if I didn't have a uh, like any finisher would have been fine. Mm-hmm. Like I would not have had to dig super hard to find a way, and even if I did have a big fin- didn't have one, I'd still find a way to get that to work. Mm-hmm. But like if you don't have if you only have like one or two one drops in your aggressive deck, your deck is probably going to be awful, mm-hmm. and you're probably just dead before the, de- the before the draft even started. But, like, if I only have, like, a finisher, which may not be the most optimal, like, if I only have a, uh, let's say, in a power cube or, you know, a rare cube, if I only have a, uh, trying to think of, like, a middle-of-the-road finisher, like a Razor Main Massacre or something like that, as my finisher, I'll probably still get there. Mm-hmm. Or at least my game plan isn't as hampered, for lack of a better term. Right. Makes sense. All right, that was my <laughs> that was my rambling. All right, and uh, I, I feel like we we'd be amiss if uh, before we get to our, our our top five favorite cards, not necessarily top five best cards, if uh, I didn't of course mention uh, real quickly. We you know when we talked about what 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 kind of honorary blue cards there are. Uh, you know that we say that you know the, the mana rocks are kind of feel like honorary blue cards and they they belong in the blue deck and. I don't know, I, I guess I would be remiss in not mentioning one of the best blue creatures of all time. The guild, uh, Tarmogoyf? Tarmogoyf, of course. We did put in the show notes, so that does kind of give it away. <laughs> uh, good old Tarmogoyf. Stoneforge Mystic, Stoneforge Mystic, another... Yeah, although that card has, has, has some life not being a blue card. Yeah, but for a while, uh, it seemed like it was almost synonymous with white... Like it was, I guess it was playing Naya before the swords, right? Well, uh, I had there was a there was a uh, mono white artifact uh, equipment deck too that was real nice. Oh, was that the one with the pure stay, pure stay steel paladin? No, it was. Uh, it had the the one drop that got double strike when it was equipped. It had uh, oh. uh, the equipment master guy that all your other cores would get plus two plus two if he was equipped. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, and you got to play with the uh, the two three flyer, the core sky fishers. Uh, equi- I think it was called equipment something or other. Oh, what was his name? Oh, Armament master. 
Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you, and you got to play with uh, boots. So you got to play with uh, adventuring gear and uh, some of the other sweet ones, and it's just like a mono white uh, get your deck. This is back in the time when the uh, uh, what's his name deck was popular. The uh, uh, exalted deck, or you know, you'd attack with the the one, you know, like the uh, the sovereigns of New Alara. Uh, oh Bant. right, Bant Mythic. Yeah, Mythic. That okay. was the deck. That deck um, was that was that that deck was a nice legal deck. Uh, I, I remember playing at a, a very large event, and my opponent had like the nut draw of going like uh, Noble Hierarch into Knight of the Reliquary into. Uh, Knight of the Reliquary into like uh, I don't remember what the the four was, but it was like right into Bane Slayer into Sovereigns of Lost Alara, and then I just killed him. Oh. Ah. Wow, what were you playing? Oh, I, was, oh, I had Lotus Cobra in it too. Uh, I was playing oh. the White Equipment deck. Oh, nice. And it was just like you know, I had like the Sujiri steps or whatever. It was just like, hey, here comes this giant guy, like. It's been equipped 400 times. You know, you used to do the, have the adventuring gear equipped on one guy, get your landfall, move it to another guy, crack your fetch land, and then <laughs> with your last mana, move it back onto your armament master, so then they all get the bonus. Wow. And then you would, like, brave the elements and kill them. Wow, I like it. So, yeah, it was a, it was a fun deck. It was only legal and only good for about... I think one or two set releases. It was a, it was like a three, three to six month deck. It was about it. That's about all life we got out of it. But no, it, it was a good time while we had it. All right. Well, let's go to our uh, our five favorite blue cards. I have a, I have a long list here. There's lots of good ones, and I've mentioned all, I've mentioned almost all of them. Nice. At some point or another, here. Um, I'm trying to 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 number mine down here. Um, it's like cube. It's like uh, hard cuts in blue. Yeah, it's it's rough. Uh, I, I definitely, I think they're. Uh, I definitely want to uh, do some honorable an honorable mention or two. Uh, that works. But let's see here. Oh no! Oh no! How am I supposed to do that? All right. All right. I'm I'm there. Do you have your list? Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, let's start. Let's do the honorable mentions at the end. How's that? Okay, that works. I like that. And That's we'll and, and we'll start with uh, number fives. And uh, I think you went first last time, so I'll go first this time. That works. All right. So uh, my number five favorite blue card is a card that is a uh, another card. That's that does exactly the same thing. It's a straight up reprint of the ability <laughs> on the card, and it is a card that's much maligned by people in Cube. It's very polarizing. People either love it or hate it, um, and I've come to love it even more since adding uh, Shardless Agent to my Cube as well. Shardless Agent, okay. I thought uh, I had. Uh, I thought well, I had. Well, the Shardless Agent is a card that makes this card better, and the card that it makes better, Ancestral Visions. Oh, oh yeah. Huh. Ancestral Visions is, is my like number five. 
Um, very rare is it, you know, the, the big, one of the big talking points against it is that, oh, I just died before I resolved, before it resolved. And I, I feel like there's something wrong that if you're just one card short, that it causes you to die. That maybe there's something else fundamentally wrong with your deck. I think it's just, I think it might be the feel bads. Maybe. But I still don't think that's a good reason to not like a card. Like, sometimes, sometimes you'll lose a game when you have like five, you have like a full grip. And it's like, oh, man, I didn't have an answer. It's like, well, it, yeah, it, it sucks. Right, and I feel like there's not very many better w- turn one plays in blue than yeah. suspending Ancestral Visions. And I like the nature, and I like that it's got four counters to it, because you can tick it, or you don't even need counters. You can just tick it like a clock. You go, mm-hmm. oh, you know, straight up and down, 3 o'clock, 6 o'clock, 9 o'clock, ding. Mm-hmm. Time to draw some cards. So for me, number five, uh, Ancestral Visions. Even on, like, turn five or turn six, it's fine. Yeah, it's I, I just like the card. I mean, yeah, does it stink when you uh, when you need an answer and you're on turn eight or nine? Yeah, but you know what? Lands stink then, too. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't I don't have a whole lot of uh, sympathy for towards that argument. And um, honestly, I can't many think of... Um, besides, you're the control deck. Like, right. come on. You're, you're planning on having that many turns. It's, yeah. it's much similar to a reason... It's, it's tangentially related to the reason why people don't like Sheldock Isle. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to live that long. Well, dude, you're the control deck. Make sure you live that long. Yeah. Don't you have do- don't you have draw spells? Don't you have fetch lands? Right. Don't, on, don't you have ways to you know sweep the board, counter spells, draw more cards? Oh wait, we just talked about all that. Yay, blue. I like. Oh man, Sheldock Isle's got fun, some fun stories. I'm assuming you got a ton of nice Sheldock Isle stories. Oh yeah, I got some. I got some nice Sheldock Isle stories. Which, by the way, uh. Uh, spoiler alert, uh, in my honorable mentions, only because it's not an, a, a blue card. It'll, it'll be under, uh, I'll talk about it when we do our lands. Uh, there you perhaps. go. But, yeah, there was, uh, I, I'm pretty sure, I, I, I'll try to remember the exact details of it, um, but got, uh, in my queue, playing against Adam Prozac, um, it was one of those things where he knew I only had, he was able to, like, gifts given me or something like that, and he had taken all, and he's like, the only way I don't win this game is if you have, you know, the Mind Slaver underneath that, you know, uh, underneath the Shell-like Isle. He picks up my deck and flips through it, look what's left of it, and just goes, crap, and just hands me my deck back and scoops up his cards. Wow. <laughs> I like it. That was, uh... That was the, the, there have been a couple like that, that, you know, the old, ye old two mana upheaval at instant speed. Oh, wow. wow. It's also like a nice that. one. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I'm going to die. Nope. I mean, or, oh, I'm going to lose. I'm going to do this in response to this happening. And, oh, look, my thing's the only thing left on the field. Wow. I like that. So, yeah, there's. There's, there's, uh, that card's a sweet one. Anyway, number five for me was Ancestral Vision. That's, that's a good one. I like it. So, this was another card I thought when you said it was like, um, a, oh, and of course it's dumb if you suspend, get it off suspend, <laughs> like off of a Shardless Agent. Oh, yeah, yeah, off a Cascade. You're just like, oh, oops. Yeah, I, I guess I draw three now. So, this was the card I thought you were actually talking about because it works well with, um, it's pretty, it's pretty maligned. Okay. Uh, works works pretty well. Um, Shardless Agent. 
it's another one of those cards that doesn't fit the stereotypical blue mold, okay. but if you do have the deck for it, it's just dumb. And it's an honorary Simic card, if you remember from the last episode. Oh. That is... So, do you remember what it was? I don't. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to think of something else. Uh, they reprinted... And I think it was another thing we said. They, they reprinted it or something like that. Right, right, right. The, the exact ability, you know, yeah. to reprint. They reprinted a worse version of it years later in different colors. And years later in different colors. Man. And it works well with Shardless Agent. Hold on, let me think here. Or at least it's... I don't know if I'd say it works well with it, but it works with it. I don't know if I'd say it's super insane with it, but, you know, it. you can you can certainly utilize those together. Are, are, are we tinkering? No. Oh. I don't know. Uh, that would be Opposition. Oh, Opposition. Yeah. Yeah, sure, right, because they, that's right, they made, uh, uh, Glare, Glare of Subdual, that's right. Yeah, that's a card, and, and yeah, it's another card that just doesn't fit the generic, like, five creature control deck mold, but if you get it, and, I don't think it's very hard to support either, especially, like, Master Waves just fits that like a glove. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like, yep, I, um, uh, yeah, I guess, um, it's just like the worst feeling in the world when, like, you're a turn away from being tapped down completely by it, but you can't do anything about it. Right. It's and just it's like, and, oh, so you've got this happening next, which is going to make a bunch of dudes who tap all my stuff. Right. I guess I'm dead now. Right, and they just have that one maybe creature left over, and they tap that one thing that you need, and it's like, oh, no. Yeah, or tap your bounce land. That's like, right. <laughs> no. Yeah, and they untap and they play their, uh, you know, all their squirrels, and you're like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> Would you say uh, bounce lands are honorary blue cards? Oh yeah, bounce lands are, are could be honorary blue cards as well. Bounce lands are so good. <laughs> it's so good. But yeah, I definitely a big fan of it. Um, definitely I especially more like when people play them on turn two when I'm uh, holding molten rain in my hand. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a good feeling. It's like sweet. I guess I double stone rain right. you. It's like maybe I don't want a molten rain this yet. Just this is what we call a tempo play. <laughs> <laughs> and you're dead. Right. The game isn't over quite. Then it's like it's like Jace when you draw brainstorm a couple times. The game isn't officially over, but, but it's it's, it, it's pretty over. Let's be honest. Yeah, it's pretty much over. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's the it's like, yep. Guess I'm dead now. Especially with any sort of shuffle effects. Yeah, we're we're pretty dead. Yeah. So. Yeah, good old up. Uh, yeah, good old opposition's op- a nice one. I mean, we mentioned that one earlier as well. Yeah, it's a it's a sweet one. I'm I'm a big fan, especially if you have like any token producers. I, I I'm I'm trying to think of how many token producers or how what kind of deck, what pushes like a regular deck to being an opposition deck, and maybe it's like a token producer or two. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, but that card's sweet. I mean, even just like the 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 blue tempo decks or whatever, you get to. You get to get a good bit of use out of it because, you know, it turns all your, you know, all your freshly drawn, like, mana dudes or freshly played mana dudes into gigantic blockers, effective, you know, ultra-effective blockers for, for their creatures if you need it. Or, yeah. like, mana disruption, you know. It's it's kind of, you know, everything in one. It's it's a great defensive card, and, it you know, it, it's potentially, it's a mana disruption card as well, which is something that blue usually doesn't have that much 
uh, stake in, uh, you know, uh, other colors and other, you know, uh, red specifically and green. They have bigger uh, mana disruption plans, but uh, opposition certainly puts a, a feather in blue's cap in that department as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Nice. That's my uh, that's my number five. It's opposition. All right. For me, number four, uh, and I'm pretty sure all the cards left on my list here have been mentioned in, in our episode at some point or another. Uh, number four for me is uh, a uh, a card that was, had a, a different name. Oh, my God, how did I forget? I just remembered another card. Good Lord, I'm mentioning that in my... Uh, Oh no, how can I not mention, oh no, how can I not mention this card? Mm. How am I gonna find space for it in my list? Uh-oh. Alright, um, I'm making a, I'm making a swap, I'm changing it. My That's number four nice. is still the same though. So nice. this is a card that, uh, that had a, uh, a different name for a while because of how good it was and constructed. Uh, and the dead giveaway, uh, well, it's another thing, uh, it's, uh, people weren't sure which gender it was for a while. And uh, if you ever play my cube, card's a little bit better than it is in most cubes. Oh, yeah? I was about to say, I'm like, Ashiok? I'm like, no, that doesn't make sense. Oh, yeah, whose who's gender, whose pronoun is Ashiok or whatever? Yeah. Uh, no, this one it's, uh, uh, Maloku. is Moloku, the Clouded yeah. Mirror of Victory. Moloku... Uh, Wins has won more games than I can I can imagine. Uh, allows you not only are you making flying evasive blockers and or attackers. Uh, if you wanted to close a game quickly, you can uh, abusive with ways to play your lands multiple. You know lands lands that have come into play effects. Uh, like uh, what's that courser? Yeah, that's a new combo, right? Or uh, things like uh, exploration or. Uh, uh, Oracle of Moldiah, um, you know, there's there, there's a bunch of stuff like that, or even your, you know, the uh, uh, Shellback Isle that we mentioned earlier. Oh yeah, true. Get a get a chance to get a chance to to do that multiple times too. So I like it. That's pretty sweet. So uh, it turns you know turns the corner very quickly. Uh, from playing defense to playing offense, it's kind of one of those things where you can start doing like the Maloku math of doing like, okay, well, you know, four plus seven plus, oh yeah, they're dead. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of one of those things where you can, you can make yourself a Maloku clock while still keeping your mana open to, for counter spells and things like that. Yeah. Uh, also has the nice magical toughness of four, which gets around most burn spells as well. So that's yep. nice. So for me, number four, me lucky or Malogu. And it makes two twos in Spanish. And uh, as it turns out, it makes two two flying illusion creatures in Espanol. So. <laughs> so so good. So good. Also also great with opposition. Yeah, as it turns out. Pretty good with opposition as well. That card is pretty good with opposition. Alright, so I guess that's my go. Yes. It's card. The, I, I don't know. I, I feel like maybe I value it higher than a lot of other people, but that card's dumb. So it's a four mana spell. Okay. Or it's a four mana, it's four mana card. All right. And it's another one of those where it's just like, uh, 
it, it's very flexible, and that's what I, I tend to like a lot in my cube cards. It's a very flexible card that does a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a creature, so it holds equipment. Um, a nice defense against spells, even if it's only a temporary one. Ooh. Uh, uh, it's a it's a wizard. <laughs> does does it come back from the dead, or does it uh, does it work really well when your opponent show and tells and puts uh, Emrakul into play? Yeah, yeah, I think it does. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, he's uh. Th- does he have a planeswalker version? He does. That can teleport his heart into another planeswalker. <laughs> <laughs> I never got that old thing. It yeah. just seems awkward. It's like I'm gonna teleport my heart into Karn. Yeah, is Venser. Yeah, Venser, sweet. I take that card very highly. Um, I it's just it does. Uh, it's very flexible, and it's just like it doesn't stop a spell. However pretty close a lot of the times and depending like depending on the spell it's almost as good as you know just straight up counter spell mm-hmm. yeah I, I I just love Venser it just defends planeswalkers pretty well lets you hold mana up and like a lot of the times one of the big fan plays I like doing with Venser is like if you're in a control mirror or just some like dirtle mirror like I, I did this in like Moto Cube for example like where I was like land go Opponent was like land go, like land. Opponent went, I don't know. It's like a wall of blossoms did nothing. I go land go. Opponent did nothing. Or I think I may have been a play, but opponent had like just done nothing. I was like, all right, I'm gonna go force the initiative, pick a fight here, play fencer, bounce one of your lands that comes in play tapped, mm-hmm. and then just like start going on the offense that way. Like even something like that is is very is a pretty underrated play mm-hmm. because you feel like oh I should be bouncing like a spell. But sometimes just bouncing a land is just dumb too. Just like especially if it's a bounce land. Yeah, if you bounce a bounce land or even just any come to play tap land, it's just a big tempo play. It's yeah, I'm a big fan. It's uh definitely one of my favorite blue cards for sure in cube. Yeah, card is sweet. As it turns out it's got two blue mana symbols in it too, so it does play well with Master Waves. That's true. That's very true. So yeah, Fencer's neat. I like the I like the fact that you know you get to return the spell to the owner's hands. Yeah, it's a slightly different wording that actually kind of helps you get around some things. Yeah, like wasn't there some like pro tour where somebody had like used Venser against somebody's uncounterable spell? Yeah, I'm sure, like a Banefire or something like that. Yeah, I feel like it might have been like Enduring Ideal with like Bosage or yes, something. Yes, yes, right, right. Yeah, you can return the the copy or whatever of Enduring yeah. Ideal to their hands or. Yeah, there's there's all kinds of, of stuff like that you can do, and you know, or even you know, the fact that it's a permanent, uh, you know, lets you get their Emrakul protection from colored spells. Well, guess what? Not permanent. Yeah, not permanent. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, like. it is a very flexible. Yeah, good choice. Thank you, thank you. Good choice. So, so what is your number four? That or well, my number four is Maloku. Oh, number four. That was right. That was Maloko. My number three, which is the card that I actually had to drop another card from my list just because it was, it was too new. And uh, even though the card's very good, it's uh, this this card holds a place in my heart. Um, it is another card that uh, when it was uh, popular and constructed, uh, wound up with a different name. Um, but this name, instead of changing it, wound up being a long string of initials. 
wound up being a, a very long anagram. Long anagram. Hmm. Uh, it, yeah, I it, it, it began with E, the anagram. It was... Oh, yeah. E-O-T-F-O-F-Y-L. <laughs> End of turn, factor fiction, you lose. <laughs> factor fiction for me, number three. Hey, that's another example of a cycle where it's like one card is just like <laughs> do or do or die, <laughs> like <laughs> rise or fall or whatever the one or the one was. And oh, by the way, fact or fiction? Would you like to split creatures up, or would you just like to draw a bunch of cards? Yeah, just like the edict. There's like a split edict, like do or die. Oh, yeah, right. And, or oh yeah, or just draw a bunch of cards. Yeah, or you can just draw a bunch of cards. Because, you yeah. know, that's fair. Yeah, jeez. So, for me, Factor Fiction, uh, also one of the most fun cards to play, too, because of the fact that it is such a skill-testing card. Um, it, this no. is, it, there is a lot of, for, for a really busted card, there is a lot of interaction with this. There's lots of games to be played of, um, well, what do they need? What do I think they need? Uh, what do they want? What do I think they want? Uh trying to make the, the, the best out of a bad situation that your opponent's going to be drawing a bunch of cards. Uh, and the best the best feeling, of course, is when you split your opponent's factor fiction and they don't just immediately take one of the piles and they actually have to think about it. You know, yeah. you've, done, you know you've done something remotely well. Uh, current constructed players probably know uh, Jace's minus two ability as a you know very small version of this. Um, yeah. Where Do you think with uh, with Factor Fiction, a lot of the onus is on your opponent to play it right? Oh, for sure. Okay. For sure. That's what I was thinking, yeah. It's very easy to, to make a step slightly in the wrong direction and make it very easy to choose a pile. Uh, now, the, of course, you know, the reason for that is that um, you have, you know, it's a game of imperfect information. You know what's in your hand. You know what it is that you need in your hand. Um and if you can, you know, have it to the point where your opponent does not know what you need, then it's really easy to set up uh, very good piles for yourself. Yeah, like if you need a land or something, if you, have, if you need, like, a white land, and you're like, okay, split EOT Fof, and then they just put, like, the planes with all the other lands, like, land spells, like, or either they go, like, lands, or they just kind of, like, give you a three, which happens to have that planes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, snap. Right, right. Well, you know, the the, uh, the old constructed one was, you know, you'd reveal a pile of just, like, uh, cards plus a Psychotog. And people would put the Psychotog in the pile by itself. And it's like, joke's on you. I already have a Psychotog in my hand. I'll take these other four. You know, <laughs> like, or, you know, and that's, that's perhaps a, a poor example, but it's just like, you know, misreading what the the actual state of the game is. Uh Makes it, you know, related to the misassignment of role equals game loss. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you if you don't know what's what the opponent needs and what's going on, it's real easy then to to split the piles wrong, and your opponent comes out way ahead. And this card's an instant, and the card only has one blue mana in the cost. Yep. <laughs> so uh, this card's real dumb. But it's real fun, and uh, it's a reason why I'm I'm giving Steam Augury such a long look, because it is so reminiscent of one of my favorite blue cards, Factor Fiction. It's a very nice card, too. It's just like, 
It's. I do wish it put more like it split, like um, in terms of skill testing, like it in terms of it interacting more with you. You know, it requiring more skill on your end, because it'd be very easy to just go like EOT, Fof, and most of the onus is on your opponent to split it, and not so much on you. Right. Where at, like design wise, I just wish that there was more like reason for you not to mess up. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's, uh, you know, obviously still a very broken, like, powerful card. Yes. The card is... Oh, boy. The card is very nice, very nice. That is. That is. So, number three for me, Factor Fiction. That's a good one. I like it. Thanks. I'm a, I'm a fan. So, so my number three, it's uh, kind of similar to the last one, actually. Uh, cost four mana. Oh, it uh, it can bounce things, and it's broken. Is it a spell? Oh, oh yeah, it's a spell. Does it have lots of blue mana symbols? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's character command. Yeah, uh, yeah. Possibly the worst choice in history of making a textless card out of. Yeah, I don't know what they were thinking. I guess like, hey, um. This is a card that everybody wants. Let's make it. Oh, yeah, wait. Perfect. There's four modes, and not everybody knows exactly what all the modes say. And the order matters sometimes, too, hmm. which is really awkward. It's like, oh, oh, right, I guess. But, I, I like, my favorite mode on Cryptic Command is Counterbounce. That's probably my favorite mode. I'm not, I'm not as big on the counter plus draw that a lot of people are a fan of. I'm a big fan of just counterbalance, although I'll definitely counter draw. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you just have to dismiss. Yeah, but, like, the tempo, I'm just a big fan. I've just lately been liking tempo decks a lot more lately. Mm. And just being able to just go, oh, counter this. Especially if it's, like, a Planeswalker and they haven't used it yet and they're casting a spell. Oh, right. Yeah, it's like, oh, you forgot to do this, huh? All right. right. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. Bouncing your Garrick, encountering your right, encountering your other thing, which means that you probably tapped your mana and you probably don't have mana available to recast the thing that I bounced. Yep. Right. Yep. So it just may it's just worth like however much mana you know you're spending four mana and making them return or lose you know seven mana in permanence or whatever. You know, yeah. Like, Countering or, or or nine mana, you know, countering their five and bouncing their four, it seems absurd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and the 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 big fairies play was, you know, tap all your guys, draw a card. Yeah, but buy myself another turn, buy myself another turn, buy myself another turn. Oh yeah, by the way, you're dead. Yeah, it's like oh oh, see, so yeah. tap tap all your guys, draw a card, uh, mana short you during your upkeep, uh, mana short you again during your upkeep. Oh, uh, tell all you guys, draw a card. Oh, yeah, you're dead. Sorry. <laughs> it's like, and... and oh, and game. And, and, okay, you're dead now. Yeah. That's a good, yeah. That's a, that's a, yeah. Cryptic Command, real nice, real nice. Yeah, that card is so, so good. <laughs> I, 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 and that's kind of, I think we've talked about this before on Third Power, but, like, how the, I like another cycle where blue ends up ahead, mm-hmm. but just like how some of the commands are just so awful. Yeah, red command is real stinky. Yeah, what? I think yes, we were talking about it before. It's like, what's the good? Like, the good mode on cryptic command, you could argue, would be like 
I don't know, counter draw or counter bounce or just like whatever. There's, there's lots of good modes. Yeah, there's, the, there's the thing. Yeah, I was gonna say there's definitely no mode where you feel like ripped off. Mm-hmm. Like on on incendiary command, like when do you feel good about casting that? Right. I guess you really need to kill their aggro horde at five mana. Right, because you know you didn't have cards cheaper than that to do that before. Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. It's just like what? No. But yeah, just uh, cryptic command, so stupid. The card's so good. Yeah, right. so nice. That's yeah. All right, for me, number two, uh, possibly uh, blue's best creature, arguably blue's best creature. Arguably uh, blue's uh, best creature. That combines the power creep of modern day creatures uh, with. A spell, a, a similar spell effect of uh, older card, reminiscent of older cards. I think I know what it is, but I'm not sure. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll minimize it for you a little more. Uh, not only does it have uh, a great power to casting cost ratio, but it also has flash and it also has evasion. Oh, evasion. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Vendillion Click is one of the most insane cards possible. Um, yeah, and I remember, like, when it first got printed, it was, like, when I was starting my cube, and, you know, I was still kind of, like, learning things, and I was like, this card seems seems really good, right? Right? <laughs> yeah. Power. I think, like, it didn't get much attention. I think Chapin built, like, some kind of, like, blue something control deck. And even for a while, it went under the radar for so long. I was like, "What? This card is this card's good, right?" Yeah, I mean, it's it's a three mana, three power flyer, which is you know very reminiscent of the, the power creep of of creatures. Um, but the fact that it can be played as an instant, and the fact that it's an instant speed discard spell. For all yeah. intents and purposes, that as a backup plan, you can cycle one of your own cards. I'm a big fan of doing that too. It feels like that's an underrated play. Yeah, a good friend of mine actually did that uh, in the top four of the LA uh, Legacy Open that he won. Nice. Um, his opponent, he was playing the a Bug Control deck. Uh, my friend Femus, and he. His opponent had a in game three had a turn zero uh, uh, white ley line, and oh. at some point in the game he just set himself up where he uh, played his click and just cycled his thoughtsies. Wow! And wound up drawing, if I remember correctly, wound up drawing something pretty significant, like a revoker or something like that, for it uh, to to lock up the game and. You know, just even even in that situation, it's just like, all right, well, I'm just going to get rid of this card that doesn't do anything at this point yep. in the game. All at instant speed on a 3-1 instant speed flyer. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I don't know. card like is a, absurd. Not just, like, non-evasive. It's 3-1 and fla- flash and flying. I'm a big fan of, like, see their hand and keep them. Well, yeah, that's the thing. You know, it's the, we're talking about the whole uh, imperfect information thing, right? Yeah. Like, sometimes you're just like, oh, that's fine. Yeah. I know you have no action. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or, like, that's none of these are, 
Or just like, these cards are okay, but none of them really matter enough for me to care about. Yeah, it, it's like, I, okay. I don't care about those, right? You can have those. Yeah, it's like, these don't matter. You just... You just don't don't matter. Or like, how often would you say with V Click that you cast an EOT versus a draw step? Um, I would probably say that uh, I probably draw stre- draw step more than EOT. Um, but I've certainly EOT'd, especially when there's equipment to be had. Oh yeah, to yeah. be picked up. Um, you can kind of you can kind of clear the way that way as well. Um. It also lets you, you know, in your uh, in your counterspell decks, it allows you to kind of do it end of turn um, to to be able to plan out your future turns. Because, um, you know, being able to, sure, they could draw something, but oftentimes you can look at their hand and say, okay, well, now I can spend my next turn doing something else and not having to worry about keep this, you know, this counterspell up. I yeah, like I'll play, I'll play I'll play Jace because you don't have anything that can deal with it. Right. Yeah. I mean, the the the, the most absurd thing ever is to you know end a turn, uh, click them, and realize they can't do anything that their hand stinks or that their hand can't interact with Jace, and then play Jace and then you know look at the top card of their deck <laughs> <laughs> and make sure that they don't get anything. Yeah. So, you know. I, I feel like I EOT it more than I draw step it. It seems like a lot of people auto like autopilot to like um draw stepping it, but it feels like maybe more split. I think I think about half the time. Well, you know, I've also played it. You know, I I'm, I have a hard time separating all my experiences of playing it and constructed. Yeah. Um, rather than only what I play with it in cube, because I've played with it so much in constructed as well. It's That's hard true. for me yeah. to to tell you. I, I just know I've draw stepped it more in. General, yeah. Than I have end of than I than I have end of turn that, but that doesn't mean you know uh, that that happens more that way in cube. I just don't unfortunately have an answer to that. Yeah, I just don't play construct. (laughs) (laughs) That's my only data set. But yeah, that card is oh dear. Yeah. So to me, Vendillion Click number two. It's uh, the best of bo- best of the modern age of magic of the power creep of creatures combined with stupid things like having an instant speed discard spell. Yeah, it's uh, definitely really good. So my number two. So when you were describing that card, I felt like they were describing my card too. <laughs> right, as I was describing it, I was purposely wondering if I could make it sound like a two mana creature. Yep. <laughs> and you're like evasion. It's like, oh, okay, right, right. See, yeah, it's good old Snapcaster Mage. Who who was the card I dropped from my list in order to include Factor Fiction? Ah, fair enough, fair enough. God, Snapcaster is so good, <laughs> so dumb. Yeah, card uh, once again, good power to uh, cast and cost ratio, instant speed. And oh, by the way, it has an ability. Yeah, it's a, very, a pretty pretty solid one. Like if you Snapcaster like a Cryptic Command or any cheap counterspell, that's just the the best feeling in the world. Yeah, it is. It literally feels like the the, the best thing possible. Uh, like so often, like it's it feels like a combo in the deck if you just have like Manalik, Miscalc, and Snapcaster. I mean, even something like Swords to Plowshares. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, or like Wrath. Yep. That's Wrath of my own. It's like, yeah, there's a draft video I did for Star City a little while ago where, like, my opponent milled me, and I had Snapcaster in hand. He milled me a sort of body in mind. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, so if I get a, if I just get milled for Wrath of God, that's my out to this situation. So I just, I'm just going to go and crush the opponent. Or if I draw it, of course. And then, like, I think the second or first card that was milled was Wrath of God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was like, all right, my turn, Snapcaster, get back Wrath. Wrath your board. And then I just stabilized and won. Well, you know, the other thing it does, too, that, you know, it essentially increases your hand size by however many spells are in your graveyard. Yeah. That's pretty ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, oh. Yeah, is it? And, you know, of course, it's really good. With, it's better with power, like, in the mix. Oh, yeah, like, like snapcastering yeah. back a Ancestral, please. Yeah, that's just gross. Or a Time Walk. Combined. Yeah, but even, even like, something innocuous, like, I think, like, Travis, we talked about how it's, like, snapcaster and bolt was, like, a really big thing in, in yeah. modern. Yeah. Snap- like, I mean, I like snapcastering bolt. I liked, I liked snapcastering vapor snag. Yeah, that was a thing. That was another one I really liked, too. Especially, I especially liked it when I had blind obedience in play. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Jeez. Just, like, all this incremental value. Uh, in standard for a little while, I played a three color, uh, red, white, and blue, like, after Delver was out of the format. Uh, it was basically like, uh, Dice of Saint Traft and Boros Reckoner, uh, a bunch of charms. I had like, you know, Boros Charms and Azorius Charms, uh, Blind Obedience. And it was just like so many games where it would just be like, uh, end of turn, Boros Charm you, uh, extort. Untap, Snapcaster Mage Extort, Flashback Boros Charm Extort. <laughs> Which was like, you know, or, or, you know, or even just like, uh, you could do stuff like, you know, Boros Charm Extort during your turn, you know, or even just like end of turn Snapcaster Extort. It was just like all this value that would add up. I mean, even just that, that other scenario, that's 11 indirect damage. Yeah. Of Boros Charm Extort. And that's another reason why I've been playing the Burn deck in Standard recently. And I have the uh, the blind obediences in the board. And uh, just being able to, you know, w- when you get to Boros Charm people for five. Yeah. It's just like, how is this card fair again? I mean, at four, it's pretty busted anyway. At four, it's real good. And then yeah, it's like, oh, well, here's, here's another free point. Why not? Yeah, sure. You're done now. So. Sick. Take three more. Yeah, snap, yeah. Snapcaster, yeah, just snapcastering anything. I mean, I, I've snapcastered a ton of uh, Gitaxian probes in my life. Just like make yeah. make your own. Uh, uh, what's that, Murfolk? The uh, Silver Girl Adept. Oh yeah, yeah. And oh yeah, by the way, look at your hand, which matters. Yeah, it's like oh, hand sucks. All right, cool. I feel like the ability of like looking at your opponent and being able to manipulate. Like, that's another traditional blue strength, but it's priced well enough mm-hmm. that it's very good. Like, if, if like, Ponder cost two mana, you know, it wouldn't really do any. It would play the blue strength, but it would be like, okay, this is kind of an okay kind of low mana card. But it was like one mana, it's like, okay. Mm-hmm. But like, Preordain or Brainstorm and all these things, it's just, it does them so incredibly efficiently. It, it, with such efficiency, I think it's just, like, a big strength for blue. Right. Yep. Snapcaster Mage, pretty dumb. That is. That is. So, number one. 
So this will be a surprise to no one. And I this, think it's, this this is a could, could very well be your number one as well. Uh, I think it is actually. Um, it is a card I often champion. It is a card that I am more than willing to expound on how to use it correctly and why if you don't have it in your cube, you're wrong. <laughs> and it was my pick in today's Crack-A-Pack, Upheaval. Yeah, yeah, good old Upheaval. That was mine as well, actually. <laughs> I don't really know what else to say about it. In its worst-case scenario, it's a reset the game and not die. In its best-case scenario, it's let's restart the game. And, oh, by the way, I have a huge head start because I have this permanent in play, or I have three or four mana in play to your zero. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, definitely. It's, under, it's one of those cards that's, like, um, balanced, where they tried to make it symmetrical, mm-hmm. but they failed really badly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, you can oh, you can float extra mana, right? But everybody has to pick their stuff up. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> they, can't, they can't mana float. <laughs> right, float, play your rocks, play all your mana rocks over again. And that's another spell where, like, they've reprinted it and priced it so much higher. Like, what was that World Purge from Shadowmoor? It yep. costs, like, eight mana, and then your mana, like, goes away. Right, it drains your pool or whatever. Yeah, like, that card's just awful. But, like, Upheaval is just, like, what? Yep. Uh, speaking of uh, earlier mentions of uh, uses of, uh, what's his name? Uh, Shellback Isle. It was like, you know... Sorry, I'm getting my elbow is getting attacked. Uh oh. At the current moment. <laughs> I re- when you said like pick up equipment, I'm like I was gonna say like pick, like picking up the cat or something. No. Sorry, I was getting my elbow assaulted here. Oh, okay. Stop. 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 <laughs> is that one of the cats that does or doesn't like being picked up? Uh does not. Oh. But apparently I just got him a little too riled up. Uh, anyway, uh, you know, casting a, you know, casting a, oh, I don't know what it was, even something as dumb as like a, a Sphinx, I think it was a Sphinx of Dwar Isle, and in response activating Sheldock Isle for upheaval. <laughs> Here. Here you go. Wow. Wow. Sphinx is another interesting card, like a lot of people were like, Oh, oh, lol, you can look at the top card at any time. Like, oh, look at it now. Okay, look at it now. Is And that's what people were focusing on, and not the fact that it was like a 6-6, six, six, a 6-mana six, 5-5 five, five shroud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it turns out when it's the only per- card in play, it's also it's even better. Right. As it turns out, they have, you know, uh, a series of runners where they have to, you know, they, they have to have a uh, sacrifice effect in their first two or three cards, or else they did. Yeah, I was about to say, they better have Innocent Blood or an Edict. Hey, you did, real fast. Yeah, I, I, I often, uh, when, when people uh, cast split-second spells in my cube, I will look at my top card in response. <laughs> it says, I can do it any time, bro. I don't care yeah. if your thing's on the stack, I can look at it. Yeah, it's like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> or, like, people will be like, cast this and look in response, look at my top card. They're like, okay. And then they'll cast something, and they'll cast something else. But like, oh, in response, look at my top card. All right, we're good. Have, pe- have people like trolled people? Other people have been like intentionally annoying with that kind of thing. I mean, I try to. Okay. I don't be annoying about it. I just try to do it comically. Like, oh, wait, no, let me look. 
Nice. I like it. Or sometimes I'll top, and then afterwards I'll use uh, Sphinx. <laughs> sometimes I'll top, and I'll forget. <laughs> so I just top again. Just top again. <laughs> yeah, I do it during my upkeep, and like, all right, or just like during main phase or something on my turn, and then like on their tier, and I'm like, oh, I forgot. Right, hold on, let, me <laughs> again. let me reevaluate what's going on here. And it's like, oh, what was that? Oh, okay, that's fine. Right. Oh, yeah, not that's even, right. I had this. Not even to, like, reassess the top of, of the three to readjust, but just because I just forgot, and I was like, oh, oh okay, that's fine. We'll keep them the same way. Right. <laughs> yeah. God, upheaval is so stupid. And, you know, the, the old nine-mana upheaval psychotog. Right, that was that was its constructed uh, iteration. Yeah, and then oh, I guess I have to discard all these spells. Oh, and I have a full grip. Yeah, and, and oh yeah, factor fiction. By the way, when I draw the three cards and put the two cards in the graveyard, those two cards in the graveyard still count for something. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's still another point. There's yeah, it's still psychotog food. So yeah, real nice. Uh, so yeah, number one, up oh, big ups, big upheaval. Yeah, or upheaval. I call it that. Uh, other other cards on my uh, honorable mention list: uh, Snapcaster Mage, of course, which I had to move it off. Yeah. Um, treachery. Treachery. Oh, jeez. Treachery. <laughs> treachery is yeah. is one of my favorite cards. You know, what's better than control magic? It's a uh, free control magic. Yeah, it's a free one. By the way, free control magic that makes three extra tokens with Master of Waves. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you steal a blue creature. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I've done that before, but I'm not actually sure. I think I might have done that. That's so sick. Yes. So if yeah. you if you treachery their plume mail, <laughs> I think cast master waves. Yeah. <laughs> all the creatures. Yep, you get all the elementals. You're like turn four opposition, turn five, treachery your thing, untap. Oops. Yep. Uh, could, like, if you know their hand, you could like, I'm gonna attack with this two one. Oh, you cast plume veil. Oh man, that sucks for me. Oh darn, you got like, me. Oh, I guess I'm stealing it now. Oh, I guess I, guess I win now. All right here we go. Here we go. Uh, yeah. And then the uh, the last one of my honorable mention is uh, another one that that has gotten some uh, uh, vitriol is not the right word, but some some uh, finger wagging by by some in the cube community, and that's ponder. What? What? There are tons of people. There are plenty of people out there who don't believe in running some of the one mana cantrips that they don't do enough. I can't tell you how many times, like, I'll look at an opening hand and, like, you know, start pulling out my cards, and it's like Island Ponder. And I think to myself, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, snap keep. Yeah, I'll figure out. People, I'm sure people, the don't, like, fine. people don't like Ponder? What? I know people who are, like think Brainstorm sucks because they're, like, outsourcing evaluation to Legacy. It's like, oh, I don't have Fetchlands, so it sucks. It's like... Well, you do have Fetchlands, though. Yeah. Even if I... Them. Yeah, or most of the times it's just like, oh, I dig three deeper, and I know my next two draw phases. Yeah, I mean, that's that's by far the, the worst iteration of it or whatever, but you certainly, want, you certainly want shuffle effects. I'm still but usually... The other fine. thing it does, too, is it, you know, lets you hide, it lets you hide cards from discard spells... I mean, there are certainly other uses to it, and but, but also, the shuffle effect definitely makes it better. But one thing I like, are so nice. One thing I like doing is just like tucking your expensive stuff. It's like say you have like 
like fives and sixes in your hand, and you brainstorm, you just tuck them because you've got no use, no use for them. Right, so it becomes like a pseudo scroll rack or whatever. Yeah, like I I love brainstorm and ponder. Just what what are the talking points people have against it? Like I I don't get it. I'm it's I'm just I'm, that just that the the card doesn't do enough, and they want higher impact blue cards. Now this is I I specifically remember having this conversation. Uh, online with people about, I don't know, a year or two ago, and it's just like, there's no way I would never, I, I would never not run all the one mana good cantrips. So ponder, yeah. preordain, uh, brainstorm. Um, yeah, Serum Visions is probably pretty loose. Yeah, I don't run Serum Visions, I don't run Sleight of Hand. Yeah. Uh, however, I can't tell you how close I am to running Gitaxian Probe. Yeah. So I've, I've come to, in my in my magic old age, I've come to really have an appreciation for uh, knowing what's in your opponent's hand. Lately, I've been a fan of, like, Mesmeric Fiend and, and Lifebane Zombie for that same reason. Oh, yeah, I like Mesmeric Fiend. I, I mean, I run Mesmeric Fiend. I like it a lot. And I think Lifebane Zombie is a, an aggressively costed version of that card. Yeah, um, like, even if you... Even, even if you don't if, get anything. Yeah, even if you get nothing, you still know their hand, which you should be able to use. And a, and you have a three-power evasion guy for three. Yeah. It's like, oh, I, I'm not playing this. And if their hand is like mono counterspells, it's like, okay. Let's see I'm not going to play into your counterspells like a baddie. Right. I'll play correctly. So, uh, So those are my honorable mentions. Wow, Ponder! I, I'm wow! I'm shocked about Ponder. That I'm I'm confused. So one of my honorable mentions. Should I slow roll it or just say it? I don't know, man. Just 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 let it rip. All right. Um, Phantasmal Image. Yeah, Phantasmal Image is a real nice one. <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> it's so man. That card is just so unprecedented for what it does. Like two mana. Two mana for a clone effect. Come on. Mm-hmm. Even a lot of the other Phantasmal cards were okay. Like, Phantasmal Bear was, like, it's an Isamaru, mm-hmm. which is, you know, it's all right. Like, that's not awful. Like, Phantasmal Dragon. It's like, four mana, five, five flyer. That's that's, that's pretty good. Right. Sure. Um, here's a clone, <laughs> which is not awful at four mana. Uh, right, but, but ridiculous at two. And, so you have and, a Titan now, right? Oh, hey, thanks for the Titan. Oh, hey, thanks for the. Uh, I mean, back when it used to be able to use it as a removal spell for like Geist of Saint Traff too. Yeah, that was always fun. But now you know, you just get your own instead. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it sucks. I remember people. There was like some stream. I think it was like Chion was streaming or something. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was the cube iteration after the Legends rule happened. And, like, there was Phantasmal Image in the pack, and there was some, I would say, like, at least one, if not several people who are saying, because, you know, people, they were trying to choose, you know, what what they were taking in the pack. Mm-hmm. And Phantasmal Image in there is like, this card sucks now because of the Legend rule. I just face-palmed super hard. Mm-hmm. Probably gave myself a concussion or something. I was just like, it's like, what? It's like, really? Right. What? What? Is this card suddenly awful because it can't kill, like, ten creatures in the cube? Right. As it turns out, you just get one. I don't steal it. I don't kill your Maloku. I just get one. Right. That's uh, that's still pretty good. 
like, I would like one as well, please, and thank you. So you have a shield right out, huh? And no other creatures. <laughs> right. <laughs> huh. Now you have nothing. Mm-hmm. Well, on your upkeep, that is. On your upkeep, you get nothing. Right. Yeah, that card. And most of the time, it's drawback. Isn't really that much of a thing. No. No, it doesn't matter. Because a lot of times you're, I mean, even if you're just like, oh, copy your Moldrifter. Yeah. So you want to kill my guy, huh? All right. Then you're like, attack with it. And they're like, yeah. all right, I don't have a flyer. Like, I'm, I don't want to, you know, like maybe they, they attacked you or so, or you know, they don't want to block it. They're like, no blocking. You're like, put in my ninja clone and pick up my <laughs> <laughs> copy your Moldrifter again. No, I've been. I think Sakashima students. Yeah, another one I was gonna, <laughs> student. That's it. Yeah, that's another one. I, I might have been an honorary mention too. Just yeah, two mana. It's a uh, very aggressively costed for sure. Oh uh, yeah. So <laughs> and attacking. It, there have been games where I played where it's just like my out. It's like okay, I guess I need to uh, have this not get blocked. Like some. Some idiot with shadow. It's like, oh, um, now it's a worm coil engine. Right. Oh, you're, you're at six. Oh, okay. I guess you're dead now. Right. I'm just gonna copy this. Yeah, all the coming to play tap guys are, are absurd with yeah. it for sure. Yeah, because there's so many. Like as mana, as magic has been more creature oriented, as we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. So many creatures seem to be either very, at least the ones that make it in cube, are either very efficient or or, or of very good value. Mm-hmm. Just like, uh, like Soldier of the Pantheon, which I'm coincidentally looking at in my cube. <laughs> like Phyrexian, uh, whatever, Metamorph, Soar Temptation, Acidic Slime, or just like Bremaz. Right, so, yeah, that guy. Yeah, oh, also good as opposition. Yeah, as it turns out. Yeah, Wild McCoddle, another cat. Uh, you know, stuff like that where it's just so, like, and, and Phantasm Image works well. Maybe not so much with the efficient creatures, but with the, just the value guys. Mm-hmm. Or just like, hey, I guess I'll copy your sk- uh, skin render, uh, kill your guy. Right. And, like, how often are they just, like, killing your guy for no mana cost? Like, what if they have, like, a Chandra or something? Mm-hmm. Like, that doesn't happen too much. Like, I guess it's, like, Chandra, Noir, Chandra, Pyro, Master, four mana Jace. Uh, mm. yeah. three mana Ajani? Yeah, maybe. Karn? Oh yeah, so I can instead of killing your guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> Never mind, that doesn't work. Oh, it doesn't get exiled. So it goes to the grave. But yeah, it's just so often it doesn't matter at all. Yeah, that card is just similarly with like a Phyrexian Metamorph. Uh, just being able to get anything. For three mana. And most of the time it gets creatures, but, you know, hey, sometimes you need to get their guild lotus. Right. And that's pretty good. So, I mean, sometimes you just, you know, get their Umazawa's Jitta, or sometimes you get their sword and kill their guy. Yep. <laughs> that's a good feeling. Or uh, get their, uh, let me think. What are some of the uh, other things you can get? Uh, an, an Oblivion Stone, perhaps? Yeah, or Disc. 
to force the issue. Right. So, yeah. Just it, was a, it was a sweet one. Yeah, Any other uh, honorable mentions? Uh, probably counterspells, like Miss Calc. Miss Calc's a sweet one. Being able to cycle. Yeah, good early, and uh, any can be any other card late. Yeah. I'm surprised. That didn't seem to see a lot of play, like, back in the day when I started my cube. Right. Well, I didn't. I actually didn't add it for quite a while. It was one of those oversights that I just didn't have it in there until I came oh. across, like, a foil, foil Japanese signed one that a friend had. I'm like, wait a second. This card should wow. be in here. Was it signed by the artist? Jeff Laubenstein. Wow, that guy's done some weird stuff, art-wise. A lot of his stuff looks weird. I'm trying to think. Let's let's look on the uh, MagicCards.info. It feels like that guy's done a lot of weird art. Like, Dwarven Thaumaturgist. Yeah, Dwarven Thaumaturgist. That artwork is definitely uh, a little outside the box. Yeah. Uh, oh, he didn't. Never mind. Dowsy Horror? I swear that guy did that. Goblin Festival, Grove Spurt. Uh, well, these cards aren't very good. <laughs> oh, he did Show and Tell, I believe. Yeah. Same, yeah, I think same that's kind right. of artwork. Yeah. Recurring Nightmare. Yeah, Show and Tell. Scragnoth. Apes of Wrath, Caltrops, Cartographer, Clotsliver, Copper yeah. Gnomes, Delusions of Mediocrity. Oh, yeah. That was a good card. Goblin Maybe. Festival, Goblinetics, Growth Spurt, Handcuffs, <laughs> Interdict, yeah. Metronome, another great yep, card. Metronome. <laughs> yeah, Recurring Nightmare, for sure. Show and Tell being the biggest one. Vine Dryad. Yeah, Vine Dryad. Molting Harpy. The old Attack You for Three on Turn One card. Do you just pitch all of them or something? Yeah, or? No, you're like, pitch this green card at the end of turn, play it at the end of your first turn, uh, play my forest, rancor it. Three. Oh, yeah? One had Flash, too. That was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Wow. Was that play... Was, was Stompy, like, a deck? Like, it was. How good was that deck? It was fine, because you had, uh... uh well, you had Tanglewire in the format. Oh, Jesus. You had Rancor and Tanglewire. Wow. So sometimes you would just kill them before they could do anything. Because you're just like, I have this 3-3 three, three on turn one. Now, granted, that card, that, that play is terrible by today's standards, but, you you know, sometimes you're just like, no, I have this. And it's forest walking, too. So sometimes you're just like, well, I have this. And then on turn two, you know, you play, like, your your pair of wild dogs or whatever, or your gosbon ogres or whatever the heck it was yeah. at the time. But they're already down three life because you've attacked yeah. on turn one, so you're way ahead. And, That's uh, true. And then on turn three, you're like, oh, no, going to play this here thing and be able to attack you for seven for the next two turns pretty much un, uh, uninhibited. So <laughs> Nice. I like it. So, yep. Yeah, Miss Calc, definitely a fan. That card's, that card's sweet. Remand, another yeah. uh, personal favorite. Remand's awesome. It feels like... <laughs> Feels like that's a mistake. Yeah, that card was real nice. Yeah. Bribe. It feels like bribery was a mistake. So many mistakes. <laughs> yeah, you know, well, you know, bribery, treachery, and uh, future sight. 
used to be like the uh, the trifecta of blue cards in my cube in its early days. Those are like yeah. three of the best blue cards in the cube. How has Future Sight been nowadays? Oh, I still like it a lot. It's okay. one of those cards that, you know, um, I feel like if I untap with it, much like Marari's Wake, I feel like if I untap with it, it's real hard to lose. So Yeah, that's true. I like oh, the art. And as it turns out, it's really good with Master Waves. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just going to keep bringing everything back to Master Waves. Or even, like, Thassa. Right. I guess. Also fine with Thassa, for sure. So my Thassa is now a creature. And you take five. So I don't need right. to untap with it. I just win. <laughs> right. The top card in my library? This. Yeah, it's... Uh... It's uh, I, I still like I still like it a lot. A lot of people have taken it out of their cubes for not doing enough. The turn it comes into play, um, but I'm actually fine with uh, waiting a turn to be absurd with it, because you know then you have uh, you know sure you get turns where you you know you get your one land off the top and then you hit your second land, but then there are, then there are ones where you like you. Reveal your top card and it's a land, so you play that. And then the next card is, you know, a thirst for knowledge. So then you draw the next three, and then you look at something else, and then you know, I mean, you just and you wind up basically going off and, and generating multiple extra cards with it. <clears throat> or there are times where you actually don't have to, you know, you flip a counter spell and you just let it sit on top, and then your opponent doesn't do anything for yeah. the turn because they have a counter. You have a counter spell on top of your deck. Yep. And so then you just draw the counter spell. Hey, guess what? I still have this counter spell. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you just time walked yourself for no reason. Yeah, it's, it's it plays around like their fear. It's like yeah, like they're playing scared. And most of the time, it's just most of the time it seems right to just do it. So or at least to, to plow ahead. But it's like, oh no, my spell's getting countered. Right. Help. And it's like, well, got to do it. <clears throat> right. In case you didn't, in case you're wondering, this is a uh, this is a blue deck. Did you see that new art for it? From Moto Cube slash the Jace Veraska thing. Uh, I did. What do you think of that art? I don't know, but it's not in. Uh, it's not in it's foil. That's true. What if you uh, sharpie over it with foil, <laughs> silver? Oh my god, that'd be, that'd be sweet. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I like. I mean, I like it just fine. It's. There's something about the old art that's really neat. Even though the old art is not very good, it's, you know, it's Exidor and his, uh, what's his name, world, his uh, MC Asher stairwells or whatever. So I guess that's a chroma on the left in the blue. Right, and then it's, and is it, uh, is it Volrath upside down on the right? I'm trying to remember. It, no, it's not, It's that's the wrong world. I was thinking it's either Graven or Kamal, because isn't it in Oteria or something? Yes, it's the Graven, I think. I'm trying to was, remember. Was Graven in that uh, world? No, hold on. His head's upside down. I can't quite make it out. It it looks like either him or Kamal. They're both, like, bald and big, tough characters. And then some random duel on the bottom. No, yeah, if the, if the new artwork were uh, foil... That'd be really nice because, like, the two skulls and everything would would be real neat. Yeah, but tisn't. Although I'm a little disturbed by the fetus, but whatever. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on there. The fetus and the skulls and everything is a is a, is a bit outside the uh, 
a bit outside the boundary for uh, what's going for, on. For drawing cards. <laughs> yeah. Right. Seems a bit strange, but whatever. That guy's a good Dan Scott. He he did the the non nipple ponder ponder. Yes. Which is a good art. Yeah, he did three moon ponder. That, yeah. that if you ever listen to any coverage at all, you'll hear Adrian Sullivan mention three moon ponder about six hundred times. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I can I can I can hear that. Three yeah. Moon ponder, three moon ponder. Three moon ponder. Three moon ponder. Three moon ponder is one that I remember. Three moon ponder. <laughs> so, what about the Steve Argyle ponder? Does, it, is that, does that not count? I guess. Oh, is that well? That's wait. How many different ponders are there? There's a text. It's a textless one. Oh, okay. No, yeah. The Dan Scott is a three moon ponder. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. And that's right. There's, there's, and uh, not about that. The, the textless one. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, the Steve Argyle one. Is the is that one? Mm-hmm. I doubt that card. I'll just say that the card. It's a good card, but I don't think it'll ever be printed again. Nope. Nope. By the way, uh, in case you're wondering, uh, Nipple Ponders foil, $50 out of stock on uh, StarCityGames.com. You were talking about, you were toasting on Twitter about how much, like, foil spell pierces were. Yeah, buddy. How much are those now? Uh, let's see. They are, uh, let me give you a, a Star City price since it's here. Yeah, their Star City price is actually low because they're out of stock. Um, I see them for sale on just like interpersonal sales sites for fifty-five to sixty dollars each. So that's like eBay Jeez. price, like fifty-five, sixty dollars. So that's not retail price. So like wow, something like TCG player. Let's see here. Spell Pierce. The average price for a foil mid is. Fifty-two fifty. Jeez, for a foil common. Yeah, I mean, hey, ponders are common too. Yeah. Dan Scott also did a uh, Gorehouse Chainwalker. I did not know that. Hmm. Yeah, I forgot to have him sign, and he came to that WMCQ. I, oh, I okay. guess I, I guess I dropped the ball on that one. Punted. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Scavenging ooze, scrap, scramble verse. Ugh. <laughs> Wow, I did not know spell foil pierces were that high. That's since oh, yeah. like five. Yeah, I, I got mine for like threes and fours. I think back when Zendikar was well, it was one of those things that I looked at it and I'm like, this card's going to be played forever. I should get a foil set. And for some reason, I was you know stupid and didn't say I should get as many as possible. I just said I should get a set for myself. Well, at least you don't have to spend two hundred dollars. No, note to self: in the future, get as many as possible. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. So, all right. That's good. Well, I think that about wraps it up. Yeah, I think that that does. That was a uh, that was fun. And and we're talking about it. We're probably gonna try to get into more of a uh, a regular rhythm. Yes, uh, with uh, new uh, stabilized work schedules. Uh, looks like we're gonna uh, be moving to a uh, biweekly recording uh, schedule. Um. So that way, every every other week, we can release one for you guys, try to get a little more regular thing. And uh, now that uh, <clears throat> other responsibilities for the two of us have, have lightened up a little bit in different areas, um, definitely have more time to, to talk about Cube for you guys. So Yeah, and I was like, sweet, let's, try to, let's come up with something to re- record. And then it was like, oh, yeah, blue. I'm like, how about blue? Oh, yeah. 
I have blue, and I was like, hey, that would be good. All right, well, do you want to uh, let people know where they can find you? We'll do some plugs, and then we'll get on out of here. Uh, yeah, I guess I, I, I updated my cube list <laughs> on Cube Tutor finally. Yay. So it's finally there. I post on Twitter. Um, don't really write much about Cube, so I don't know. I've got enough articles on Star City Games. They could look those up mm-hmm. if you're bored. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'll probably we'll do a review of. We'll, I'm wondering if that'll be our next episode, like a preview of the next set whenever spoilers happen. Mm. Well, it's uh, it won't in two weeks. Let's see. When did I? When did we say that the next set comes out? Wasn't it May? Well, it was, it was like May and last... June, right? Beginning of May and the beginning of June. Because beginning of June was conspiracy, and so yeah. beginning or end of uh, end of April. So that'll just be starting spoiler season, I think. Nice. So we'll be able to get one more color in, and then uh, we can get the uh, once the full spoiler goes up, that'll be right about the right time. So yeah, we'll be like, hey. These cards came out. It'll be like the mechanics article or something. I'll talk about like five commons that suck. Right. It's like this card. This has has five cards that don't matter and one card that's ridiculous. Yeah. Or one card that's like above average. So. Yep. Fun stuff. So, uh, I was going to (laughs) say, I was going to try to segue, but yeah. How about you? Uh, well, I'm uh, on Twitter at Andy42, um, uh, writing over at legitmtg.com. Hopefully that'll uh, be starting up regularly again, too, uh, not only between uh, Cube articles, but I'm also thinking about doing uh, a, uh, some other articles about uh, Modern. So uh, nice. once I get some time, I'm on spring break this week, so hopefully I can uh, get some writing writing done this week. Um and then pretty much everywhere at uh, I am Anthony Forty Two. Um, of course, there's the show email that uh, is uh, used sometimes, which is uh, MTG the Third Power at gmail.com. Uh, one of these days, I'll actually start up the uh, Twitter account for the Third Power. Yeah, <laughs> which uh, you know I have the name reserved, but just haven't uh, really fired it off yet. Um, I don't know. I uh, I think I guess that's about it. What's your current uh, favorite modern decks right now? Uh, I really like um, the Rug Twin deck. Is it like splashing green for Goyf? Yes. Nice. It's basically Splinter Twin, splashing green for Goyf. So you're just like, hey, uh, I'm going to force you to spend your resources on dealing with these Tarmogoyfs, and if you ever let your shields down, I'm just going to combo off and kill you. Or the other way, if they, like, try to be, like, super reactive. Right. And they're like, oh, hey, here's this Goyf. So, uh, or it's like they're playing, like, super defensively, and it's like, oh, hey, um, here's a 3-4 here's a Goyf now. Do you, want to, do you want to counter this? Right, and, and, you know, you start doing things like, okay, uh, end of turn, like, pester might your blocker. And they're like, ugh, do I have to, do I have to kill the pester might? Or do I have to do this? Or pester my your lane? You know what I mean? So you, you force your opponent into making uh, a, a lot of decisions. You kind of rock and hard place them a lot <laughs> with the deck. And so uh, for me, that's that's a deck that's that's real interesting right now. That for me is fun to play. So yeah, that's uh, uh, I'm trying to think what the other modern deck I currently have built is. Um, 
Uh, you know, I, t- I think I, that's the only one I have because I had to take apart my green black deck after they banned Deathrite Shaman. So, oh, yeah, that deck was sweet though. That was was it like a Jund without red? Right. It's it was the the black green good stuff deck. Yeah. So you got to play, you know, uh, Deathrite and Ooze and Liliana and Abrupt Decay and, you know, Thought Seizes and Inquisitions and Dextra and Tarmogoyf and basically all the good cards. I like it. In the format. That's sweet. So, that's sweet. so yeah, so that's, uh, that's about where, where I am. And uh, we'll uh, a couple weeks. We'll hit you back again. I forgot to uh, say I'm uh, I'm Usman the Red on yes. Twitter. Us Usman the Red. I was gonna spell it, but you know, I think people can figure it out by now. Hopefully, I can always yeah. find it in the show notes as well. So, oh yeah, uh, that's true. I think they uh, really only leaves us one thing left to do. That's true. Uh, rock over London. Rock on Chicago. Urza's legacy. The resistance is building. See you next time, you guys. What a horrible name. It sounds like you're constipated. <laughs> what well, is a Frixian oil? Yeah, oh, oh, but that should smooth things out. Uh, yeah. Oil is, is lubricative? Lubricating? Lubric- yeah, lubricating. I guess that's the word. Lubricative. It's like, it's like lucrative, but, but instead generates moisture. I don't know. Okay, I'm done. That's, that's a proliferate. Right. Okay, I'm done. This, this is right. out of control. Yep. All right. All right. Bye. All right.